This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome citizen. And welcome to this episode of another digital citizen. Woohoo! I'm Fro. With me, I have Luke. Hello, Luke. Hi, Fro, everybody. How's it going? Hi. It's going pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it's been uh, a weird week, but uh, it's been a busy week, so it's it's okay. Yeah, it's been busy here as well. It's it I it's been summer and now all of a sudden this week it decided I'm not going to be summer anymore and I'm just going to rain pouring down rain every day all week. <laughs> uh I kind of miss the sun to be honest. Oh, are you in Africa? <laughs> yeah, it's raining down in Africa, exactly. Mm. It's like you complain <laughs> about the sun and how hot it is all summer and then once it's gone you're like, "Oh." <laughs> right? It's it's kind of it's kind of religious that song. Like you need to bless the, the rain down in Africa. Can they even sing? I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't. Rem- I don't remember the exact words. Bless the rain down in Africa. Yeah, I guess yeah. they do say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just ask me. Norway's biggest total fan. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's so fucking. <laughs> that's so 2019. Hey, they have a couple really catchy songs, alright. <laughs> and they're at very I least me- they're meme worthy songs, if anything, right? So. Yeah, I love Toto. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even joking. I love Toto. Anyway, um. Yeah, uh, you have a soda! Soda! Oh yeah, soda. Soda review, again. I don't even remember the last one we did. I'm sure it was another Pepsi or Mountain Dew, because it seems like PepsiCo comes out with all the cool new flavors. Uh, Like, when's the last time we did a new Coke flavor? Like, Uh... (laughs) right? Exactly. (laughs) Uh... Vanilla! It's not quite October yet, uh, but we're getting close to the Halloween season, so Mountain Dew came out with this new mystery-flavored Mountain Dew Voodoo, spelled V-O-O-D-E-W, and it says mm-hmm. mystery flavor, this is... so I don't really know yeah. what it's flavored like, so I guess that's going to be part of this gimmick, is if trying to guess the flavor. I'm looking at it here in like the ingredients section, Phil. 
And it says, uh, ester of rosin, calcium disonium EDTA, to protect flavor. So I don't know if that's to protect the flavor from, like, dissipating, or if it means to protect the identity of the mystery flavor. I'm not really sure. Mm. I'm going to open it up. I got, I'm going to uh, pour it into a glass. Yeah. Uh, while, while you do that, uh, we have to say that, uh, like everything else when it comes to soda reviews, we, we steal it. Uh, uh, because I, I, I uh, you, uh, usually watch uh, Brad's tries on the internet, and I message, look, hey, buy this soda. That's every time. <laughs> Every time. So thanks to Brad Price. Okay, I'm smelling it here. I'm kind of getting a. It's a very distinct flavor that I know, but I, I'm trying to like place it in my head just from the smell. Is it fruity? Is it? It's definitely because... fruity, like co- cotton candy smell. Okay. Yes. That's what I'm like, kind of a blue cotton candy smell, maybe. Let me try this. Okay. I'm gonna try it out of the glass. Mm. What a the lot heck? Of carbon? Uh, a lot of carbon. Uh, carbonation? No. Carbon. Very little carbonation. We'll try it out of the can, see okay. if there's more carbonation there. Okay. Very light. Super light carbonation. Very. Like, I barely. Okay. There's barely any bubbles. Like, if yeah. you chug this, it's not going to, like, take your breath away from the carbonation. Really? Oh. Oh, I know it. I, there's a vanilla. There's okay. a vanilla flavor to it. Very okay. vanilla-y. Like, super obviously vanilla. Okay. Does it taste like... Uh, uh, it tastes like, like Mountain Dew. Oak, it tastes like vanilla, ma- vanilla Mountain Dew is what it tastes like. Okay, well, okay. Like, have you ever had a vanilla Coke? Yes. It tastes like that, except Mountain Dew instead of Coke. That, it, that, I can okay. tell you what the mystery flavor is, and it's vanilla. <laughs> it sounds very, like a weird combination, because uh, Mountain Dew is pretty sweet in in the first place, and adding vanilla sounds like... Is it a little over the top, or is it pretty... No, it's mild. I mean, like, vanilla is a fairly yeah. mild flavoring. Mm. But I can understand why it they would call it a mystery flavor. I bet they came up with this this combination when they saw, you know, vanilla Coke, vanilla the Pepsi, vanilla whatever. All the different sodas right. that have vanilla. And Mountain Dew went, let's try it. And then they marketed right. it and they sent it out to um, focus groups. And just by the name, the focus groups went, "Yeah, vanilla Mountain Dew, that sounds gross. Mm. And then Mountain Dew went, well, we have this recipe. What if we just call it mystery flavor? People will buy that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what happened here. So it's, it's uh, but, but what I don't understand is where the coloring comes from. If it's supposed to be blue, is it... Supposed to because normal Mountain Dew is pretty. Oh, it's not the color of the soda isn't blue. Oh. No, I don't know where you got that from. Oh, I think you said it. It, it looks a little. I said like it smelled blue. like blue, blue cotton candy. That's what I said. Ah, 
Ah, okay. You can't <laughs> smell a color, but blue cotton candy is a, is a specific type of cotton candy flavoring, right? Uh, okay, okay. So what color is the soda? Oh, it's clear. Well, like kind of a oh. squirt kind of color, like a not okay. see-through clear, but kind of a milky clear. So like a squirt type color. But yeah, I so can what, tell you, I can guarantee you vanilla is the uh, secret flavor. So what will you rate this? I mean, it's all right. Um, it's not terrible, to be honest. Uh, but I would probably wouldn't buy it again. Uh, I might buy it again, I guess. I'll give it a, I'll give it a six. Six out of ten, yeah. And I'm not really a huge, like, I don't like vanilla Coke all that much, but this is oh. better than Vanilla Coke. I think it's just more refreshing is the thing. It feels more like kind of a summery kind of drink. When uh, Brad uh, tried it, he said it. Uh, that's why I laughed when you said uh, cotton candy because he thinks it tastes like cotton candy. No, it smells like cotton candy, but it tastes vanilla. Right. It definitely, like, I know 100% there's vanilla in here. Right. Um, some news that we're going to talk about a little later, but, uh, we can talk about some other, uh, like, pre-news. Pre you said that you saw some pre-news before the news? Oh, right. Uh, well, we'll talk about that pre-news in a little bit, but, uh, did you hear about the U.S., uh, Trump said they want he wants the FDA to ban flavored uh, e-cigarette tobacco products. Uh, yeah, I I can understand why. Uh, okay. What What do you think? Uh, I mean, it it was uh, what helped me quit smoking. So I I see. It. Uh, the thing is, like when I when I did it, I did it actually to quit smoking. I smoked between the ages of sixteen and thirty. Yeah, thirty something. Six, sure. Some yeah, thirty six or so, something. Thirty five, thirty six. I'm not sure. Thirty four, maybe. Uh, but uh, uh, so when I tried it, it was pretty new. Uh, but now it's become a very like fad. Everybody is like doing it because of the flavors and shit like that. And I, I, I've tried some of the flavoring things when I did this, and I had to order it and things like that. And I, 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 I I'm, I understand why it's against it. Then again, I think it's better for you that than normal cigarettes. So I don't know. Well, um, you kind of almost proved your or my point that I'm about to make just by saying that it helped you quit smoking cigarettes, right? right. So why are we banning these things that are helping people quit smoking and not mm -hmm. banning cigarettes, right? <laughs> and another thing is they're saying they're banning flavored. The, just the flavored types of whatever, right. the little, uh, uh, whatever, the things you put in e-cigarettes. What are they called? The flavoring little uh, jobbies. But I don't the, know. I don't smoke cigarettes. But the thing, but, but the thing is, like, it's become a little too kid-friendly. 
with 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 all the like amazing things like uh, it tastes like strawberry, it tastes like banana, it tastes like cotton candy. Yeah, but it's not like, sitting in like a toy store. It's not uh, no, out where the kid that. can access it. You know what I mean? And it, I understand. For eight, I understand that. Right, you have to be eighteen to buy it. But but it's still it's still trying to take a very young. Uh, I don't think that's true. You're saying you have to be young to like the flavor of watermelon? I don't think that's... I think that's a misnomer. And I also think the whole idea of flavored, they're they're getting rid of flavored, but the two that are allowed to stick around are just regular tobacco flavor and then menthol. Which, isn't menthol a flavor? It's it's mint, right? So isn't mint a flavor? And they're not banning that, even though... Right? So... I I I understand where you're coming from, and and when I smoke smoke those cigarettes, it's like I I tried many many different ones, and I found the one that worked for me. But but the thing is, like now it's become so cool to smoke those like fucking e-cigarettes that it's like oh, taste this flavor, and you get hooked on that instead of getting hooked on cigarettes. Sure, and I don't don't think it's the same audience. So, uh, with but I think that's more of a generational thing than anything. I I agree, but I think cutting down uh, uh, the taste element of it will make it so less people use it for unserious uh, quitting smoking instead of <laughs> like. Uh, appealing to uh, younger people. I get so that. It, it I, just I, sounds, it still sounds like, oh, the kids, not the children, bro. Oh, no. <laughs> here, is, here is where me and Luke, like, uh, 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 I think I think sometimes it, it, it is it is a little, like, funny because we, we look at ourselves as both pretty liberal, but but when it comes to this, I, I'm going to say it. This is not the worst thing uh, Trump uh, has done. I I just think it's a I little think, hip. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's hypocritical a bit, and maybe there are. Like I said, it's hypocritical because he's not banning cigarettes, but he's banning these things, and he's not right. banning menthol, but he's banning flavors. But menthol is a flavor. That's hypocritical, right? So. Uh, in that sense, it's hypocritical. I don't think it's bad in the sense that um, it's not that big of a deal. But the other thing is, there's so many other things that need to be dealt with in America. This is not something we need to be focusing our energy on right now. Oh, Topla. Topla. Uh, well, while I remember, uh, share the podcast. If you like what we're going to talk about during this podcast... You know what? We don't ask you for money. We don't ask you to go and donate to us. You you can contact Luke if you want to donate some money. But uh, what we, we do ask you to do is share it with somebody you care about. Because if you listen to this, you like it. So sharing is caring. That's right. Right? Yeah, share everywhere. Share. Uh, let's go into the third democratic uh, debate. 
That's right. Uh, let's go through this a little bit. Um, trying to find my list. He's checking it once. He's checking it twice to see who's evil and who's nice. Mm -hmm. Because Luke is Santa Claus. All right, so here's the list. Uh, we're going to start at the beginning of the list and just go through each person and, and kind of go what we thought of them, and then we'll kind of go through the whole thing at the end. So, um, Amy Klobuchar, do you have anything down for her? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I thought she was one of uh, the biggest losers of the night. Uh, she was very... Uh, in the background, uh, it felt like she was never on the attack, and she was very like uh, in the middle. She's very, like, very clearly in the middle Democrat, uh, and she she was she the one that had what the line like, oh, let's not fight, let's be friends. Was that her? No, I think uh, that was oh. uh, that was Booty Judge actually. Oh, so it wasn't so even a woman, but sure. Right. Well, <laughs> she was the one that had the line where she said, um, "Bernie might have wrote the bill, but I read the damn bill." Is that is that the <laughs> dumbest line you've ever heard? How, he read it too. He you have to read it to write it. How what what? Yeah, but yeah, no, she's uh, she's she's uh, definitely on my list of the losers of the night. Okay, uh, Cory Booker. Yeah, uh, what is it with Cory Booker? He totally has lost his uh, groove. Didn't you think so? I mean, he just falls into the background, and he feels just I don't know robot esque in the sense that it just feels like he's mimicking a politician like this he's like this right. is what a politician is supposed to act like and that's how he acts right. and his answers are very politician -y answers that he never really gives mm. a definite answer it's very platitudes and uh oh we gotta think about the children we gotta uh uh drugs are bad uh police are good you know it's like very standard politician jargon um and in this field yeah. with all these very outspoken people it doesn't work so yeah mm -hmm. He's definitely down there for me. I wouldn't put him in the in the losers or the winners. He's in the middle for me. Yeah, uh, I, I have him on the losers side because what I did was that I took all of them and I like uh, I took my best and, and worst. So they were even, uh, even on the best or worst list. So I cut them in half. Right, but we're still at the end. We're going to do our top three winners and losers. So get right. ready for that. Yes, right. yes. Uh, where were we? Booty Judge. Yeah. Uh, why are you picking all the bad ones at first? <laughs> he was also terrible. Uh, this is the guy that interrupted and said, this is why people don't like the debates is because everybody's uh, talking bad about each other. And then Andrew Yang comes in and basically owns the dude, saying, uh, this yeah. is a debate. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're supposed to have a debate at a debate. Like, yeah. what do you think we're yeah. here for, Booty Judge? Yeah, I loved it. It was very, very funny. And I was like, you go, Yang. <laughs> um, anything else on him? 
No, he was definitely in my looser bracket. Okay. Um, uh, we're going to go Kamala Harris. Yeah. Uh, she has totally lost every fucking steam she had from the last debate. At least she tried to like talk to her out of situations. Now she seems like she she was on the stage and she I felt like she's totally lost all momentum, all of her uh, like going on power and everything. I agree. She's got she's got yeah. no reason to be in there except for Absolutely. to take take a few uh, votes away from either Bernie or uh, Warren. Those are the, uh, pre- actually, Warren is probably the person she's actually going to take votes away from. I doubt she takes right. anything for Bernie. And she's not going to take any from Joe Biden, because anybody who's going to no. vote for her is probably already vo- thinking about voting for Joe Biden. Uh, another right. thing that I found really kind of disrespectful that she did, almost, uh, very beginning when they're doing the opening statements... Andrew Yang, who we're going to talk about very next, uh, he op- his opening remarks I thought were really interesting. This was the guy who said, I'm going to give 10 people out there $1,000 a month each for the next year, mm-hmm. uh, and he's going to come back and see how their lives have changed. It's kind of like a, a reality show uh, building building a reality show inside your campaign so you can show people in real time, in real life, what your plans are going to do, which I think is a really Mm -hmm. actually kind of interesting idea. Um, Mm -hmm. And the one guy, Booty Judge, he went next, so he was like, well, it's original, I'll give you that. But before that, (laughs) uh, Harris was just sitting there laughing at him like he was Mm -hmm. a joke and I was like wow really you're just gonna laugh at him for coming up with a policy that's like really interesting and people might actually be interested in and you're just gonna sit there and laugh at him like an idiot yeah uh but yeah Yang my one of my biggest winners of tonight he was just fucking on point this debate yep he was just full of uh I don't know what he ate (laughs) <laughs> before the debate, but I want some of it, his energy. No, he was definitely on, on point. Uh, the the thing that uh, you said in the intro, that was one of the smartest things I have ever seen in a debate ever, uh, like laying uh, something like that on the line, uh, because that that's one of the things we talked about before. Like That's one of his like talking points. Is this idea of the citizen uh, uh, payment of a thousand dollars, and actually doing it like before you even become a president? I think that's incredibly smart of him. All right, Beto O'Rourke. Beto, yeah, uh, actually on my uh, oh, list this time. I I always uh, uh, tried for some reason to say that uh, he did a good w- uh, work. He didn't this time. I <laughs> uh, he was also the only one that that spoke Spanish again. Well, that's not true. Uh, Julian Castro did as well. Oh, Julian Castro did. Yeah, but it it it, it felt a little more 
uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, 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 it feels a little in, in, not insecure. In, what do you call it when it's not like real? It uh, insincere? Real. Insincere, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I really didn't have anything down for uh, Beto, but uh, the one big thing that came out from him is that he was saying that he's going to force everybody in the country to uh, sell the government their AK-47s and AR-15s. That was like his big line of the night. Um, And even Joe Biden had to say, I'm pretty sure that's against the Constitution, but all right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, sure. I guess it's possible to do. Is it going to happen? I mean, like, it's... I think Beto, at this point, he's not running anymore to try to be president. He's running for name recognition so that he can move into some other type of office, try to get into Senate or something like that. I I totally agree. I think it's probably true for Harris as well. That's probably the only reason they're still in there. Uh, All right. Speaking of Julian Castro, uh, Julian Castro, what do you think? Uh, Yeah, uh, definitely one of my winners of the night. Uh, I, I thought he... Uh, did a very very good uh, job uh, of uh, taking his points out there. Uh, I I I feel like he he uh, he uh, was in the winning tier, uh, definitely on the winning side of the one on stage. I'm gonna disagree with you there. I put him on the other side. Uh, the big thing for him was calling out Biden. Biden said something about his health care plan, about how right. people need to buy in. And then uh, Julian Castro calls him out saying, uh, well, my, with my plan, people don't have to buy in. If you're below a certain uh, demographic, if you're in a certain demographic for how much you make a year, uh, you'll automatically be enrolled and Biden's like, you don't have to be in, uh, you don't have to buy into mine. And Julian Castro says, you just said that three minutes ago. You just said, did you forget what you just said? <laughs> and so th- this is when the whole mainstream media went into full spin mode to try to be like, no, that Biden didn't forget. He, he didn't say it wrong. He didn't say it wrong. And Julian Castro's right. uh, called him out on it. And so it, in a way, it was a good move by Julian Castro, but because the mainstream media yeah. hit it, hit him so hard on it, I think it was a bad yeah. move. I think it hurt him, so I put him in the losers bracket. It was one of the biggest things, okay. biggest things of the night, uh, as far as yeah. the things that were said. But right when he said it, I knew, oh, this is actually going to hurt him. Uh, but that's why why he's in the winner bracket for me because he called out Sleepy Joe. But I think that was a bad debate move. <laughs> Mm, yeah, I don't agree. Yeah, because calling out Biden for being, uh, for having problems with his age can be both seen as ageist, and it can also see be seen as kind of coming from a Republican tactic because that's what a, a Trump person would do is attack him on that kind of thing. Right. So I, I knew right that. away that uh, it was a bad move on his part. I knew where he was coming from, but uh, right. I saw him defend it afterwards. 
Uh, and he his defense of it against uh, it was on the ABC spin room right after the deb- debate. He his mm-hmm. defense of it was perfect, and he said, uh, "I wasn't attacking him on his age at all. I was just attacking on the fact that he can't even rem- remember his own policies." Right. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's go, Joe Biden next. Oh Jesus, motherfucking Christ! I got a lot I, written I, down I, here. Yeah. I am so fucking tired of saying this every fucking week where when we talk about the debates. But why is he here? This is the worst of the debates he done so far, I think. Uh, he had one very kind of funny comeback where where he took uh, a lot of the time and when he was interrupted he was like, "No, listen here. I've been I've been called out that I never talk over the time. Now I'm actually going to talk about uh, over the time. Uh, but he had absolutely nothing interesting to say. He feels like... Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I remember better than Biden do. And my memory is shit. All right, some of the things that happened here. I guess we'll start with... Uh... The This Is America comment from him. So Bernie was oh talking about uh, healthcare and saying, uh, well, every other major country, major country in the world has free healthcare. And Biden's response to that was, yeah, but this is America. Mm-hmm. Basically being both anti-socialism and saying... Yeah, this is America where we we're big giant corporations and white people uh they they rule here. So you can't just be like other countries, all right? We're America, buddy. Uh what else happened here? Oh, Biden, this was the line of the night right here. Uh let me I actually had to pull this up to make sure we had it. Um he, he's talking about uh kids uh they ask him about schools and uh, the problems. Remember his whole thing with the segregation buses and schools and how he was attacked at the last debate for that? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, by Tulsi Gabbard, I believe. Uh, the commentator asks him about this and about uh, different the differences in schools uh, and, and segregation and how he feels about school segregation. And he goes off on this very, like, random thing about, like, uh, how... Uh, different schools, they need to have diff- uh, more money put into certain schools, and he says this uh, about uh, about these certain schools he was talking about, right? So he te- he's actually taught, when he says the Title I schools, he's talking about inner city schools, from. so he's talking about schools with primary, primarily African American and Latino people in them, and he says... Social workers uh, help parents deal with how to raise their children. It's not that they don't want help. They don't know uh, They don't know what to play the radio, make sure the television... Oh, excuse me. Make sure that they have a record player playing at night. Make sure the kids hear words. The kid coming from a very poor school, a very poor background, will hear four million words fewer spoken by the time he gets there. So what... Mm-hmm. That's racist. <laughs> yep, yep. He just said... And not only, ra- not only racist, it's incredibly 
out of touch. Right, right. You gotta be playing the the. Everybody sit around the radio at night and listen to War of the Worlds, right? <laughs> but to say uh, the these people in these inner cities need help from social workers because they don't know how to raise their children, he says it's not that they don't want help; it's that they don't know how. They don't know how to raise. They're, they're, it's not the. This is like a classic racist, uh, what a dog whistle or whatever. This is just as bad as Trump, in my opinion, and out of touch, like you said. So double whammy yeah. there. What else happened here? Oh, protest again. Was is it happened last time when Biden came up, and I was like, okay, maybe they just protested here because it's where they could, could fit it in. Whatever. It's very clear now that these protesters are targeting Biden because this is two in a row, right? I'm very satisfied to see this. <laughs> I was like, yay! <laughs> I couldn't even hear what they were protesting. I didn't hear at all, and I even tried to look it up oh. like later to find out, and I couldn't find anything about what they were actually protesting. But very clear, yeah. last debate, somebody stood up when Biden was talking and protested, and that was about uh, at the border uh, with Mexico. And this, I'm guessing, is probably about the same thing. I would guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I really really like them and go them. Fantastic that they posted this them. And there's one part in this where Biden brings up the family in a very weird way, mm. where he's talking about the family, not in the sense of his family, but he's talking about the family that he's a part of. And I was like, is he talking about the family? What's happening here? Um, <laughs> the TV show, yeah. Right. Uh. I guess we'll go Sanders next. Uh, yeah. Uh, other than that he had clearly problems with his voice, he was amazing. I mean, same things he always says. Um, I felt like they definitely were... ABC was the one running this debate. I felt like they skipped him on a few things. Specifically, everybody got a question about climate change except for him. Mm-hmm. And he probably has the best climate change policy out of everybody on the stage. So it's kind of stupid right. that they would skip him. Uh, at the beginning of the debate, ABC was like, uh, they did the healthcare thing. And they asked a bunch of people questions. And then at the end of the healthcare section, there were two people that didn't get to talk. I don't remember who it was. And they gave them each a minute to talk about that thing. And so I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is how they're going to do it. And that way everybody gets a ch- chance to talk about each different topic. Unlike CNN, which was like, you have 15 seconds, done, <laughs> right? Uh, right. But after that first healthcare thing and giving each person an extra minute, they didn't do it for any of the rest of the questions. So very confusing yeah. there. Bernie yeah. uh, compared to Maduro from Venezuela by one of the people oh. questioning him. I mean, it's so clear that they're biased that it's not even, uh, it's, it's very clear. Uh, it, it, it was even the uh, Latin um, American speaking one that said it. It was even oh the guy from Univision, it. right? I don't remember his yeah. name. He was a yeah. he uh, in 2016. He did uh, the debate as well. I just don't remember his name. Uh, and yeah. then the other thing, uh, they ask everybody about guns. They do the whole gun debate thing, and they and then they cut to Bernie. And you think they're gonna very last, and you think they're gonna ask him a question about guns. And they ask him a question about something completely different, not related to guns, and try to skip over him. They tried to skip over him, but instead of ask, answering the question they asked him, he just started talking about guns, which I thought was really good. Yeah. 
But yeah, no, he was definitely uh, at my winner table. Uh, right. We'll talk a little more about him in a second, but uh, finally, Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Uh, also did a very great debate. She she was uh, good as usual. Right. I thought. I mean, she's definitely in the winners, but I felt like she had. When when we talk about winners and losers, we always try to think of it in the sense of who's got most to gain and who has most to lose. And she's way up there, so she doesn't have yeah. a whole lot to gain, but she does have a whole lot to yeah. lose. But I didn't think she gained all that much, much but I didn't think she yeah. lost anything. So I put her right in the middle, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. She, what... She's more she's more in the status quo. <laughs> right, sure. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's the third debate. Uh, anything you wanted to say about the debate overall? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I thought this was maybe the worst debate. As far as like the way it was set up, or how ABC ran it, or how the people in the debate themselves... ABC, ABC ran it. Okay. Uh, definitely. I, 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 it's very clear with their bias and... See, I wrote down right at the beginning for the healthcare bit, I wrote down, oh, this ABC debate is starting out way better than the uh, CNN or MSNBC debates because they're giving them everybody a minute to talk about whatever topic. And then after that healthcare thing, they decided, oh, we're not going to do that anymore because <laughs> that was when everything went to shit. Remember right at the beginning uh, where mm -hmm. the commentators just completely lost control of everybody on stage? And after that, oh. then they stopped uh, giving everybody a chance to answer. So I think it was like um, a decision by ABC midstream to go, okay, we can't do that anymore because our commentators are going to lose control and these candidates are going to say something that our corporate sponsors aren't, they don't want to hear, right? So. Right. Definitely. All right, let's do our top three uh, losers. Uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, Joe Biden and Tulsi Gabbard in that order. Tulsi Gabbard wasn't in the debate. <laughs> Not uh, uh, what? Uh, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Sorry. Okay. I can see how you'd get them mixed up. Um, yes. <laughs> I went Biden, O'Rourke, Harris. Right. Yeah. I think Biden had the most lose. I think O'Rourke is now basically completely out of it, as well as Harris is yeah. now completely out of it and should probably mm -hmm. drop out, but they probably won't. All right, uh, I'll go first with the top three winners. I went, believe it or not, I went Andrew Yang, number one, and mm -hmm. then I went Warren, number two, and Bernie, number three. I thought this, I, I, I love Bernie, but the throat thing really did hurt him optic, in optics. Yeah, and I actually have the same fucking list, so... Yeah, Andrew Yang had so much to gain is the thing. That's why yeah, he's going to be at yeah. the top of the winners list. It, even though yeah. maybe Warren had a better performance, she didn't have as much to gain as Yang did. And uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? As far as um, Warren Bernie goes, they never really they they were teaming up just like they did in, in the first debate, not going a, a, right. against each other's word and things like that. Okay, and the other thing we wanted to mention about Bernie is uh, about his voice. A lot of people took it as a negative, especially if you're somebody who's just looking 
uh, at optics is like, is this a likable person? Are they attractive to me? That kind of mm. thing. Some people just vote on that. They don't base they don't base their vote on policies. They vote based on basically how you would vote for a, your the president of your high school, right? They vote on popularity and looks right. and uh, charisma and things like that, not policy. <laughs> so people who saw Bernie Sanders, uh, his voice had gone out. He could he had done so many speeches obviously so to me as like a hardcore bernie supporter him getting up there and going onto the debate stage with a throat like that i went oh, this is a really hard working guy but for everybody mm-hmm. else they saw it and went oh my gosh is he dying right so mm-hmm. yeah uh right after this happened sanders went on kind of an online uh presser tour where he did kyle kolinsky show he did a bunch of other online shows which it if you remember after the second debate fro, he went on uh, Joe Rogan. And so this is basically right. the same thing. After the third debate, he went on a bunch of online, uh, in, did a bunch of online interviews to kind of say, uh, I don't really think you're going to be able to hear what I have to say at any of the, these debates, but I'm going to go on these right afterwards. So right after he did that, uh, because of his voice, he has canceled some of his campaign events. Uh, his campaign said Saturday that Sanders will return home following his appearance on Sunday at a college in Charleston. Uh, the campaign spokesman said that while addressing a rally in Denver last Monday, he began to lose his voice. He sounded strained during the Thursday night Democratic debate, which we both noticed, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Carolina In South Carolina, Sanders had planned to speak at a labor forum on Monday and on Tuesday at a, a, a town hall in Coker University. Uh, they uh, they say Sanders plans to speak Tuesday night uh, at a summit in Philadelphia, which I'm not really sure if he did. Let me look that up. And you go on to the next story. How about that, from? I will do that. Iran dismissed U.S. claims that it was behind Saudi oil strikes and says it's ready for war. War. Uh, was it good for? Absolutely nothing. Uh, Iran rejected accusations by the United States that it was behind the attacks on the Saudi oil plants at the risk disrupting world energy supplies and uh, warned on Saturday that the U.S. bases and aircraft carriers in the region were in range of its missiles. Yemen uh, Hutachi's group uh, claimed responsibility for Saturday's attack that knocked out more than half of soil out- outputs and more than 5% of the global supply. That's a lot of oil. Uh, but U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said the assault uh, was uh, the work of Iran, a Huntai ally. The drone strike on plants in the heartland of Saudi Arabia's oil industry includes the world's biggest petroleum processing facility uh, that was ex- uh, extended to send oil prices up uh, 5 to $10 uh, per barrel on Monday as tensions rise in the Middle East. So yeah, Bernie actually did a speech yesterday. Uh, for the A F L C I O, so yeah, he's back yeah. on the speech trail already. It was just three days, took off, probably got his throat better, gargled some salt water yeah. or whatever. He's back on the trail. I'm telling you, he, people might think he's an old man, but he is one tough old man. Yep. 
But yeah, so, Iran. This is the big story here Iran. in America. I don't know about you uh, in there in Norway, oh, yeah. bro, but oh, this is obviously the biggest news here in America right now. Of course it is. I I I think I I think it's very obvious that uh, um, that uh, uh, they are using this for everything they can do, and that uh, Mr. Trumpylump uh, is milking this as hard as he can, uh, and seeing this as a opportunity to attack Iran. But I saw this morning, right before we got on uh, and started recording, was that he has decided to put more sanctions on Iran and not okay. attack them. So it's looking like, at least for right now, there's more sanctions going to happen. I think the big question here that we need to be discussing is, did Iran attack them or was it somebody else? Because only person saying right now that it was... Iran's denying they did it. Uh... The U.S. is saying it was Iran. Uh, a, a terrorist group uh, out of Iran actually claimed responsibility for the attacks, but everybody's saying it right. wasn't them. It was Iran. It wasn't these people who were claiming it was them. So I'm right. not sure who it was, but I have a strange feeling that Iran isn't dumb enough to do this. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, no, I also have a strange feeling that uh, Iran isn't dumb enough to do this. Why would they hurt their five uh, percent of the the oil that's been pumping up? Why would they hurt their own fucking supplies? It would no, they be... attacked Saudi Arabia, supposedly. I understand, that, right? But but it's it's incredibly stupid to do it. Right, they're just asking for the U.S. or anybody who's an ally with Saudi Arabia, so Israel, right. uh, the U.S., everybody else, to be mad at them, uh, which. They already know that there's tensions. They already are sanctions. So why would they choose to... Like, what is the what is the benefit to Iran to do this? I don't see any benefit to, to, to their country to blow up an oil thing. Right? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's very similar to the tankers where it's like, why? Why? Why would they blow up oil that's going out of their country that's going to make them money? It would be like Norway attacking the Volvo station in <laughs> right, <laughs> just blowing yeah, blowing up the Volvo plant. Blow. <laughs> Volvo plant in Sweden. Let's bomb back IKEA. No, uh, but 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 yeah, no, it's it's very very weird. Uh, I don't think it. Uh, I I I think it was probably uh, the terrorists. Yeah, I have a hard time saying who it was. I mean, strangely enough, when we did our guessing what was going to happen in the news next week, I said it was going to be Israel versus Iran. So I was kind of wrong, but right. what if we find out? <laughs> what if we find out that I was right, right? It's possible, I right. suppose. Uh, oh, we did yeah. see just recently that Israel faked att attacks. We covered that two weeks ago, if you don't remember. Mm -hmm. And then last week we talked about how the U.S. paid off that oil tanker captain to try to get uh, into get uh, Iran mad at them, if you remember that. So it's not like mm. we're not trying to interfere and get this war started. It's very clear, if you're following this show, that, that uh, that's what's happening. Talking <laughs> about uh, Trumpy Lump, uh, as I call him, that's his new name, by the way. I like it. Trumpy Lump. 
Yeah, Trumpy Lump. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. something out of Winnie the Pooh. Like he would be a character in Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Trumpy Lump. Oh, Pooh. It's Trump Lump's <laughs> birthday. <laughs> oh, perfect. Trump Lump. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, there's a com- committee that uh, is going to have. Uh, a hearing on the first impeachment on him, on Trumpy Lump. Well, they just did, yeah. How is that? Yeah, how so is it, that going? And and you saw some news about that, didn't you? <coughs> I did. Uh, so yesterday they did uh, the first uh, hearing with Corey Lewandowski, who was the former campaign manager, who got fired from, if you remember this. Do right. you remember him getting fired for, like, hitting a lady, I think, on the campaign trail? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um... Like a reporter, I believe. He, like, knocked her to the ground or something like that. Uh, so they they were uh, interviewing him uh, basically about, like, the Mueller report, everything about the, uh, the Trump Tower meeting and all this other stuff. This guy is a very hardcore on the side of Trump, so nothing came out that was interesting about this as far as f- pertaining to the Mueller report or Russia or anything like that. But, um... Mm-hmm. The interesting part really here is that it's an impeachment hearing, which is the first of its kind. So the Democrats are definitely moving towards impeachment, or they're trying to. But what I'm seeing this morning is that Nancy Pelosi, who we've talked about in the past being against impeachment, even though they've just had the first impeachment hearing, is still against impeachment. So obviously there's a divide even in the kind of the corporate Democrats where one half mm-hmm. of the corporate Democrats is on the Pelosi side who we said over and over again the reason they don't want to impeach Trump is because they want to go against him in 2020 because they believe they can beat right. him. Can Biden beat him? I doubt it. But what Pelosi is saying, no. like we've always said that, right? We've said that over and over again because she always said uh, the reason they didn't want to impeach is they needed, they needed to make sure there was... Uh, enough evidence and that they weren't wasting their time that was her that was her assertion up until today fro and today she said to everybody who's doing these impeachment hearings that uh we don't want to impeach trump because uh, it's more important to beat trump than it is to impeach him basically Mm. saying the reason we're leaving him in there is because we think we can beat him in 2020 so she just confirmed every the reason we thought it this whole time, Fro. That's pretty interesting. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty clear that uh, uh, having him out of the way, going just against Mike Pence, is a much much harder uh, uh, job. Well, let me I mean, put this to everybody who's super anti-Trump from. Somebody out there is listening, and they're, like, virally anti-Trump right now. I know it. So let me put this to you. How do you feel about Nancy Pelosi leaving him in here for the last few years, doing all the things she he did when she could have been doing impeachment proceedings up till now, but the only reason she didn't is because she thought she could beat him in 2020. So everything he's gotten done up until now, she let happen because of uh, political reasons four years down the line, right? So in a way, you could blame Pelosi for everything Trump has done up until now because she allowed it to happen. Also, I would not be very, very surprised 
surprised if she's a Biden supporter. Oh, for sure. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's, yeah. They're probably best <laughs> friends. They probably hang out and, like, play mini golf together. <laughs> oh my god i would i would pay high dollars to say that uh, say see them on holy moly together oh joe biden on holy moly i'd love to see that nancy pelosi uh, maybe not would. so much she may die but i mean <laughs> can you imagine her trying to get through the the windmills it would be like oh yeah she might fall so into funny. pieces um <laughs> We haven't talked about Venezuela in a while, so I'll go into this one. It's been it kind of, that whole situation kind of died down, it seemed like, and now it's kind of firing back up. Yeah. Uh, Venezuela's opposition says Norway mediated dialogue with Maduro is now finished. Venezuela's yeah, opposition. So, uh, if you remember Guaido, this is who they're talking about. The opposition party said on Sunday the dialogue mediated by Norway to try to resolve a political crisis that ended six weeks after Maduro's government suspended participation. Uh, the talks, most of which took place in Barbados, began after opposition leader Guaido led a failed military uprising in April. Uh, Maduro, who is accused of rights violations and has overseen an economic collapse, uh, prompting millions to flee the country. It had nothing to do with those U.S. sanctions, that economic collapse, by the way. No, no, um, no, nothing. Nothing. nothing absolutely nothing. Uh, Maduro's representatives walked away from the table in August to pr protest uh, Donald Trump's tightening of the sanctions. Uh, critics of the dialogue with Venezuela's opposition coalition argued Maduro was negotiating in bath bad faith and using the talks to only buy time. So, yeah, they yeah, canceled these talks between the two sides of the government. Yeah, it will be interesting to see if there comes uh, something out of it. It says here, despite the setbacks, Norwegian diplomats are still preparing to assist. Uh, Norway is facilitating the no no negotiation process in Venezuela at the request of principal political actors in the country and reiterates its readiness to continue its role as long as the parties consider it useful, and advance in the search of a negotiated uh, solution. So Norway's like, we're, we're still here, like, if you want our help. Right. Yeah, that's super. Uh, hey, look, do you know what I have done the two last days? Uh, uh, Cross-stitch a, uh, a Nazi treasure train? Mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I I've uh, watched uh, the sun. I I've I've learned as a kid that you're not supposed to stare at the sun uh, for hours, but I have done that for the two days. Okay. So it's been <laughs> because uh, uh, the sun is also uh, uh, a British newspaper for everybody that doesn't know. By the way. Tabloid uh, is a better so, word for it. Not really newspaper, but sure. Yes. Well, yes. Uh, but uh, they have uh, shown everything from the Supreme Court uh, because uh, there's a Supreme Court case in uh, England. And to be honest with you, I didn't know England had the Supreme Court before this week. <laughs> did you know that? I feel like I did, but I didn't know what their purpose was, like, what their purpose was, right, until now. Right, 
Right. So uh, it's uh, three days. So of course it ends tomorrow <laughs> because everything ends on the Thursday. Thursday, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, so the last day is tomorrow. But uh, uh, the Parliament is a uh, suspicion uh, case because the par- uh, Parliament is uh, uh, now paroled, as they call it, uh, and uh, the Sprig. Court is going to decide if uh, it was legal or not to uh, uh, the suspension of the parliament. Uh, Lady Hale and ten other judges must decide whatever advice he uh, gave to the Queen about uh, prorogation was lawful. Government lawyer Lord Keane, of course, it's Lords. Uh, QC said that Prime Minister was entitled to act as he did on the issue and it was not for the courts. Lord Patrick QC, uh, for the campaigners against the move, told the Supreme Court it was done uh, to silence uh, the MPs ahead of Brexit. And I say, of course it was done to silence the, pro- the MPs ahead of Brexit. And I think if I was a judge and heard that, I would go, uh, duh. <laughs> uh, Mr. Johnson announced end of uh, August uh, that he would indeed uh, intend to suspend or prorogue the parliament for five weeks. So... This is just going on. Uh, right. So it's not over yet. Know. We don't actually have a, a determination. We'll have that next week, obviously. But no. this is kind of something we talked about in the past. Because when we were talking about whether this would happen, both of us were like, there's got to be a way to circumvent this uh, declaration right. by the Queen. There has to be a way. Because otherwise, the it doesn't make sense for the Queen to have so much power... Uh, the monarchy, I guess, to have so much power in this situation. That's what mm-hmm. we said weeks ago, and I think this is what it is, is the Supreme Court is the way to get around the Prime Minister and the Queen. Yeah, and it will uh, I mean it will be uh, very, very interesting if the uh, Supreme Court says uh uh, they, uh, it's illegal because then they have to go back to work. And there's question as to whether now, now if this does, uh, if they do find that find it illegal to uh, right. to stop Parliament, uh, then did Boris Johnson mislead the Queen into thinking it was legal, or it, it mislead her right. into doing something that wasn't legal to begin with, which. I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't that just make her do something illegal? Not her being tricked into it? I don't know. I don't know how it works. Yeah, so maybe next week we'll hear that the queen had had to go because... <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. She did something, something illegal. Bring on the Prince queen Harry. Is arrested. <laughs> yeah, the queen is arrested. Oh. Okay, um... Uh, Let's talk about Obama, because it's a long time since we talked about Obama. Right, a little bit about Trump. It's really actually more what we're talking about here is the CNN story we talked about last week really quickly. Right at the beginning of the show, I, I said there's a CNN story that came out about this 
Russian spy or this U.S. CIA spy in Russia, and we were like, we better, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, take that with a grain of salt because it's CNN. We're not really sure. We don't have mm-hmm. a lot of details here. They seem they don't have a great track record of telling the truth all the time, especially when it comes to things about mm-hmm. Russia. And then we get this: uh, CNN uh, tries to blame the uh, tr- tries to blame Trump for the Obama administration. Uh, problems. So it turns out, uh, right here it says, on Monday, CNN correspondent Jim Scuto, I don't know how to say that, reportedly reported that a highly placed U.S. intelligence source inside the Kremlin was uh, in part uh, by concerns that President Donald Trump and his administration repeatedly mishandled classified intelligence and could contribute to expose Exposing the covert source as a spy. So they're saying he was pulled because of Donald Trump. Uh, the decision to carry out the extradition occurred soon after May 2017 meeting in the Oval Office, which Trump discussed highly classified intelligence with Russian foreign minister and then Russian ambassador uh, Sergei Kislyak uh, that had provided that had been provided by Israel. Uh but sorry, the decision to extract the source was first made before the Trump before Trump even took office, and the reason was uh, mishandling of classified intelligence, not by Trump, but by the Obama administration. The New York Times reported this week, CIA officials worried about the safety made the decision in late 2016 to extract the source from Russia. What prompted mm-hmm. the decision? Leaks to the media about covert sources reporting that Vladimir Putin personally ordered and orchestrated Russia's 2016 U.S. presidential election interference. Right. So they, yeah, it, they lied in there. <laughs> no, what? CNN lied? No. I can't believe it. I'm I'm so surprised. Look, said no else. I'm so shocked. It says here it was CNN after the Obama administration leaked that the CIA first decided to pull the source. The reason the source was not actually pulled at the time is an initially refused uh, a decision by the Times reports uh, that it raised concerns that the informant had been turned in and had become a double agent. Eventually, the source changed his mind that he'd become a double agent, but the decision to extract was still made before Trump came into office. Uh, that is not all. CNN falsely reported that the source was pulled from Trump's meeting, was pulled after Trump's meeting with rough Russian officials in which he shared intelligence on Syria provided by Israel. But as I pointed out in May 2017, Trump did not reveal that Israel was the source of the intelligence. That piece of information was re- revealed by the Times by what the paper described as a current and former American official familiar with how uh, uh, information was obtained. Any former official uh, familiar with intelligence was from the Obama administration, so the leak also came from Team Obama. Even Brennan, uh, the Obama CIA director and uh, Trump critic, admitted that Trump was not to blame. The real damage, the national security, is to national security. What was leaked in the aftermath was what was put into the media. Right. 
So CNN tried to blame Trump for the loss of a Kremlin source when really the Obama administration was responsible for the catastrophic leaks. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's going far and beyond, if you ask me. And it explains a lot of where those leaks were coming from in 2016. They were coming out of yep. the Obama White House. Talking about Obama uh, and Trump, uh, he said uh, that uh, instead of investigating him, they should, uh, like Trump said that instead of investigating him, they should investigate Obama's <laughs> Netflix deal and book deal instead of his business. And then the meme god came down and he said, the memes will be good. <laughs> <laughs> so many good memes are about this whole Netflix Obama thing, but President Trump uh, said on Monday he suggested the House Judiciary Committee investigate President Obama's post-presidency book deal and his new agreement with Netflix instead of pursuing various inquiries into Trump's administration. He complained in a tweet uh, that the House panel has given up on the Mueller report which he inaccurately claimed cleared him of collusion and obstruction. Mm -hmm. Well, it did clear him of collusion. I'm pretty sure we know that. Yeah. Maybe not obstruction, yeah. but obstruction. yeah, we've discussed that plenty of times. Yes. Uh, and here's part of, the, part of the tweet. So they say, okay, let's look at everything else and all of the deals that Trump has done over his lifetime, but it doesn't work that way. I have a better idea. Let's look at the Obama book deal or the ridiculous Netflix deal. Then look at all the deals made by the Dems in Congress and the Congressional Slush Fund and lastly, the Inspector General reports. Yeah. Uh, is it okay that I kind of agree with him again? It says here, I mean, Mo Monday marks the first time Trump broadened his call for an investigation uh, to include the Obama's agreement with Netflix. The streaming service, which announced it in May 2018 it had reached a deal with Barack and Michelle Obama uh, right. to produce a film series, uh, said the former first couple. The president's repeated calls for the DOJ or the House lawmakers to look into his oh, predecessor could fuel concerns from watchdog groups that Trump may use the government to investigate his political opponents. Is Obama his political opponent? Uh, he can't, I guess he, so. Obama isn't even allowed to run for president anymore. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, the Obama deal with the Netflix and things like that, that's just silly to, to complain about. But uh, the Democrats in Congress and the congressional Slush fund and things like that, and the investigator report and things like that. That that I agree to. Well, I mean, so I I, I agree to seventy five percent of what you said. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I think I think this is uh, the whole thing about getting out of office. Uh, you're not really supposed to be paid all that much to be president, but then you get out of office like. No. Obama did and Bush did and Bo Clinton before him and Bush before him mm -hmm. and you get these book deals and these giant whatever de uh, million dollar prices to make what a 20 minute speech or something like that it's very clear mm -hmm. that those are all part of the corruption 
and the money in our politics. Is Netflix right. part of that whole corruption? I don't really know. I would say Netflix is probably right. not uh, lobbying things to Obama, but I could be wrong. I could totally be wrong about that. Um, we, we will talk about that a little later, interestingly. Right, enough. that's what I was about to say. But I'll go, <laughs> let's go into a couple of the, uh, the tweets and memes about this whole thing. Uh, uh, oh, Obama, Netflix is the new Wakanda forever. That's how I would be greeting people from now on, is one one person said. Oh, what's so funny? Uh, Obama has made more money on television in his one Netflix deal than uh, Trump did in all of The Apprentice. <laughs> uh, how about, hey baby, uh, how about some Obama, Netflix, and chill? That's a good one. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I I am kind of excited for the Obama Netflix uh, film series because I know it's gonna the cringe is gonna be great on it. So you gotta there's gonna be that. We will talk about that a little later. <laughs> we will talk about that a little later. Hint, hint. <laughs> hey, um, I'm going to disagree with Trump before Trump speaks. Is that okay? Uh, as long as you don't spoil anything he's going to say. Because... Okay, then, then I will let him talk. And then right, it makes a little more sense. Room. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Hey, Trump, you're wrong, but uh, Trump is going to tell the truth about right. It's not always good. This is Trump where Trump tells the truth. I'm back this week. I was off last week because I forgot time and space. That happens sometimes. During the election, when you're sick, during the election, have a job on the side, you suddenly forget. So I just have to tell Luke at the first day that, sorry, I forgot the deadline. But here I'm back again. There have been election in Norway. And yes, the Green Party did a pretty good election. So did other parties who was for more green politics. But it's still a long way to go. Because a lot of people who feel the same way as we do, do not vote. I'm tired now. I've never been so tired for many years because I'm still not well. And I'm thinking about what you're going to do further for taking this campaign for a better society. And I started to giving up. I've done this for 25 years. And sometimes I see good things happen to take two steps back. Uh, part of the Conservative Party now want to get rid of something they call liberalism. <laughs> yes. The party who still calls the liberalists said now they want to have something called national conservatism. Yes, nationalism and conservatism in one big package. Well, I don't know what else you can call that, but you know the name. The name you know. The same bullshit we did before in history, and it never works very well out. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do because people who listen to this, I don't know how many it does, does not want to join the fight. They don't want to do a shit. They want to protest. Because politics is a lot about ego. I can admit that. I like to see my articles get on print. I like to provoke. I like the people to listen to me. But elections are not all about you. It's never been and it's never gonna be. If it's about you, you don't give a shit really about the cause. You're just joining it because it feels good. 
not all things in politics should just feel good. It should feel right. You have to feel it because it's right. It's a team effort. It's a teamwork. That that's the only way we can do to get where we're going. I'm watching now elections all over the world. I see some of the candidates' debates you have in the United States, and I still think it's bullshit because it's going to end up with a candidate somebody doesn't like, and somebody going to not vote for that person just because it makes him feel better. And Trump's going to win again. Yeah, I know he said, "Oh, that wouldn't happen in 2016," but here we are. Sometimes. What is right is not always what feel good. Then you have to do what's right. Not always be <laughs> caught by your own feelings because you c- there are sometimes just two solutions. Yes, there are only two sides you can pick. It's not always a third option. You can choose the third one, but then then the shit you don't like gonna win because that's how it is. A lot of people will say, "Oh, I didn't vote, so I can feel good." Yeah, that's very generous of you. I'm a pacifist, so I feel good. So I wouldn't invade another country when it's is necessary, like Rwanda, for example, or Kosovo, whatever example. But they feel good. But I don't think those millions of people that died feel very good. Sometimes doing things right is not always feeling good. Jimmy Carter said when he was in Oslo and got the peace prize that war is a necessary evil. It's always sometimes necessary, but it's always been evil. Always will be evil. Yes, sometimes things is a necessary evil. We're gonna have election in two years time, but in that you're gonna have it one year time. We have chance now to change the direction to change the direction of society in a little bit better way but then you have to pack your ego down and just think about what's right not what's feeling good this is Tron Tron tells the truth have a nice evening so Luke I have some streaming service updates to you uh, because NBC has decided to for some reason uh, find the worst name for their streaming service Peacock <laughs> uh, and it's going to uh, launch in April with Office Reboots and Movies uh, things it's coming with it's 30 Rock, Brooklyn, 995, Fraser, Saturday Night Live, Shares, Downton Abbey, and Real Housewives. Uh, original shows will be developed by Jimmy Fallon, SNL producer Lauren Michaels, film star Jaden Pinky Smith, and The Good Place creator Mike Schur. Uh, it will be films from Universal Pictures, Focus Feature, and DreamWorks uh, animations like Brightmates. Uh, Casino and the Fast and the Furious uh, uh, franchise, an original uh, animated program from DreamWorks Animation, uh, the studio behind Shrek and Kung Fu Panda, and Spanish language content from Telemundo, including original shows. But the name, look, Jesus, Mother of Christ, what a stupid... M- name it's their symbol it's their logo fro i i know it's their logo but would you go put to a girl in a bar and like hey hey girl do you want to go home and peacock and chill 
I don't think that's what they were thinking about, but I mean, they could have gone with Rainbow Peacock. That's That would have been worse if they really wanted to make it bad. And guess, I bet they even thought of that. I mean, yeah, the big I, I story I see here yeah. is NB. it says, uh, similar to the rival streaming services like Hulu and CBS All Access, uh, early mm-hmm. reports indicate that CBS wants it to be free. Yeah. So it's going to be commercial based, obviously. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's in, it's interesting to see a commercial based streaming service instead of. They. I mean, uh, NBC already has an app where they put all their TV right. shows and everything. This is just going to be their app with movies and stuff on it. Is what it looks like yeah. to me. Because their app already, if you go on there, it already has commercials and it already has all the NBC TV shows. So. Yeah, I think what they're doing is they're just taking the app they already have, renaming it something, and adding a bunch of uh, uh, NBC Universal Universal movies to it to make it a an actual uh, bigger piece of content uh, or more content to it, I guess. Right. So they are hoping to make a reboot of The Office, which was a reboot of a British Office, so a reboot of a reboot of a reboot. Uh, then it will be a reboot of Battlestar Galactica. I am so fucking angry to hear that. Um, but it's uh, by a ro- Mr. Robot creator, so that's good. Uh, but reboots of Punky Browser and guess, hold on to your horses, Saved by the Bell look. We all needed the Saved by the Bell reboot. Well, I watched it recently already, so I don't really need it. But <laughs> I did actually. I didn't. It must have been like a year ago. I watched that, right? I mean, the whole thing. Right. I even watched the college years, which are awful. But look, are you ready for the real, real news of the week? Okay. Look, are you ready? Because oh, I'm so excited to talk to you about this. Do you know what Fox said this week? Uh, what the Fox says? No, they had a super sneak peek at The Masked Singer Season 2! <sighs> yes, Luke! We are back to The Masked Singer! And I'm going to tell you all the stage names. Are you not Super excited for it. You better make it fast, because I'm going to just throw up on my desk if you don't. <laughs> Black Widow, Butterfly, Eagle, Egg, Flamingo, Flower, Fox, Ice Cream, Leopard, Panda, Penguin, Rottweiler, Skeleton, and Tingamajoo. <laughs> Ting- Tingamajig. <laughs> Sorry. And 3 and 1 to be announced. Okay. So sixteen this this uh, this time. Right. And American they, Idol for furries. Right. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yes, I am so so excited. And the competitors are said to have a hundred and forty films, sixty nine Emmy awards, forty two Grammy nominations, thirty one Billboard singles, twenty two Broadway shows. 20 platinum records, 19 Emmy wins, 15 marriages, 8 divorces, 
Seven. Why? Why is that a stat? Why is that a stat? Who fuck? This is just shows you who the target audience for this show is. When it has to point out how many fucking divorces they have. Clearly, only people watching this are people who read TMZ. Oh, this is so funny. Seven Super Bowl wins. Six um, uh, platinum records. Five Hall of uh, Famers. Three New York bestsellers. Who cares? Have been deemed. I only care about how many divorces they have. (laughs) Two have been named Times Magazine's most influent people. I I read divorce. I I read Divorce Weekly. I don't read the Times. I am so. Follow who got divorced this week. It's the big new trend out there with the kids. (laughs) So September twenty fifth. Called everything uh, off your calendar. It's the return of the masks. I am so incredibly excited. Woohoo! Okay. <laughs> yeah. I saw some TV this week. Let's see, where should we start? Uh, I'm going to start with something that I'm not sure we both saw, mm-hmm. but it's possible. A uh, little late with Lily Singh on NBC. Yeah. I did. Uh, Lily Singh, of course, being a YouTube uh, personality, YouTube creator, originally, uh, they gave her a talk show, and it did this whole opening bit about how it was not going to be like your normal talk show. It was going to be nothing like your normal talk show, Fro. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because she wasn't going to wear a suit, a gray Mm -hmm. suit specifically. So the big difference between this talk show and every other talk show was the color of her suit. Right? Is that the only difference you saw? <laughs> this, was, this was terrible. Why this did they make such really... a big deal about the suit? Why was the suit <laughs> such a big part of this? They talked a lot about her suit. Even when they had the guest on, she had to point out what color the guest's suit was. And they're like, oh, we're doing the Indian colors. And it's like, it's just clothes like who is who cares this much about what color clothes you wear i don't know but uh it's it's deliciously bad what did you give give this first episode i mean what did you think of it go into oh no i i said it it it, it is deliciously bad uh what man more do I need to say? What did you I mean, give them? There's so much to unpack here. I can't believe you don't have anything to say about this. Well, the very opening piece where they coming in with the rap song, Fro, in the music video. How do you not have anything to say about that? It was unbelievable. It's so bad. The cringe. That's why you should have so much to say about this. Okay, so she is in a boardroom with a, a bunch of people, a bunch of men, right? And... Uh, I was expecting her to sit on the trash can, very much steal that joke from the movie that that I watched last week, Late Night or whatever. Mm. Speaking Mm -hmm. of which, remember when we talked about predictive programming? I'm starting to fucking believe it now. (laughs) Seriously, like, this was the most uh, uh, evidence I've ever seen of predictive programming. Not only is it, they did the exact same thing as the movie that already came out. The star of the movie that was implicated in said evidence is is being interviewed in the show. And that mo- that movie came out months ago, right? It's not like it's she's promoting her new movie. It right. Um so there's opening bit 
where they're doing this music video and she's talking about how she's not your normal uh, late night talk show host. She's going to do things differently. Uh, she says, oh, uh, the one guy's like, oh, I know what we're going to do. We're going to do an opening monologue and then we're going to uh, interview some guests. And she's like, no, I kind of want to do things different, do things my way. What happened in the show, Fro? Was there an opening monologue and then a guest? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I watched it and I was like, this is the most incredibly uh, weird thing I have ever seen. And I, and, I, and I was like, this this reminds me when Luke says, like, I hate late uh, night shows. This like this is proof. <laughs> this is proof that Luke is correct. That everything is trying to be like everything else, because this was so like oh, we are nothing like anything else, and they they then they go and do exactly the same thing as everybody else. Hey, it wasn't exactly the same. Her suit was a different color, bro. <laughs> I, it's so silly. And the cringe on this. I, it, we're going to get some good commentary videos about this in the next few days. I'm sure of it. Yes. Especially the opening uh, song. Because it just... It's so it, Number one, it was so pandering. Right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, what else did you see? But what did you give this episode? Oh, I gave it two. Wow. You're, you're nicer than me. I gave it a one. Um... I watched something I don't know if you've seen and never heard of, but uh, it's an Australian show called Mr. Inbetween. Have you heard about this? Yeah, I heard of it. I didn't see it yet. This uh, reminds me of a little like uh, Barry. Uh, If you like Barry, I think you will like this. Okay. Um... It's about uh, Ray, that is like a father, and uh, his best uh, boyfriend, best friend, and uh, ex-husband, and uh, and he's trying like to ju- uh, ru- uh, juggle his roles in in the modern society, and of course, it's kind of hard, especially if you're. Uh, <laughs> criminal for hire so yeah it reminds me very of Barry but uh, Australian Uh, I will give it I saw whole season one and I will give it an 8 out of 10 alright I saw a show that actually just got added to Netflix but it was from 2011 Uh, but it's a British show so I'd never seen it before Uh, I just noticed that it got added to Netflix this week, so if anybody else wants to see it. I gave this a 7. Uh, uh, 7.0. Yeah, I'll give it a 7. Uh, and uh, it's called Top, Bo- Top Boy. Top Boy? Yeah, it's, it's a kind of a gangster TV show about uh, kind of Jamaican gangster drug dealers, uh, criminals, who this one guy, he, he got out of, of the criminal game and then... He ends up getting indebted to this one, you know, uh, head of this criminal organization and ends up having to, you know, get it back into the uh, drug dealing to settle his debt. You know, that kind of show. Oh, 
I wow. really liked it. Seven out of ten. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a ninety-three percent, so they even liked it more than I did. But I'd recommend it. It's on Netflix. Only one season, or uh, at least on Netflix, there's only one season. Okay. I don't know if it was made any more seasons. Uh, da, da, da. It says here number of series two, so I guess so. Oh, okay. I mean, there might be two on uh, Netflix, but I only watched the first one. Maybe I should go back and check. Okay, cool. Uh, I watched uh, Snowfall uh, season three. Uh, I, I waited for it to binge it, so uh, I'm guessing that you saw last episode last week or this week. What do you mean? The, well, the last episode was oh. last Thursday. Last Thursday, okay. Um, so I binged uh, season three. It is as good as season one and two. Uh, if you like season one and two, you will like season three. I mean, Snowfall is amazing. Uh, it, it's, is it the new Wire? Well, I never saw The Wire. I don't like that oh, show. Okay. Oh, okay. I I think it's uh I think it's new wire. I mean, it's the best show on TV right now, as far as like production quality and acting and everything else, uh, without being super over the top. So it's not over the top like a Game of Thrones or a um, Westworld, where like the production value is so over the top, it's almost not even TV show level. This is TV show level production, but the acting and everything's so good in it that it holds up. And the storyline, especially in this one, I'm seeing a trend here for after Elementary where the second to last episode is the finale and then the last episode is kind of a wrap up because <laughs> yes. that's what happened yeah. in this show as well. Second to last episode, yes. you get your finale and the last episode was really cool because the wrap up instead of, it was a wrap up of the whole season, but it took the whole mm. season and it showed you things you didn't see the whole time and twisted everything that happened in the very last episode. And that twist I thought made this the best season out of all three. So uh, I gave this a 9.5. I totally agree with you and give it a nine. Yeah, I gave last two seasons a nine, so I had nowhere else to go but up, right? So I had to give it an extra half point. What else have you watched? I watched the wonderful, amazing kids cartoon, Last Kids on Earth, on Netflix. Oh, Jesus Christ. You saw this as well? Uh-huh. No. You didn't I've see heard it. about it. You heard about no. it. No. I was actually yeah. kind of a fan, Fro. I know a lot of people are talking crap about it, but it felt like a cartoon I watched when I was a kid on Cartoon okay. Network. Like a show where it didn't feel like it was being held back by the censors. It was making kid content for like little boys who want to uh, run around in the woods with a stick pretending it's a gun and fighting monsters and zombies and things. It felt like a show back then where it's not uh, being held back, kind of. Um, I think Netflix let them do that. Is it for every little kid? I think really young kids would be frightened by the show because it is, I would say this is more of like 12-year-old boy to 15, uh, 14-year-old boy, maybe? Something like that, you know what I mean? So it's a very limited okay. audience, I think, would enjoy the show, but as a kid's show, 
I can see myself watching it with like my nephew, my little nephew, when he grows up a little bit, okay. and and like me enjoying it as well as him enjoying it. So overall, as a kid show, I gave it a six point five. Okay. I don't think I will ever watch it. it right, I should. There. I should say what it's about. It's about. Uh, it is a cartoon. It's about some the last kids on Earth. The world. The it's the zombie apocalypse. So everybody gets mm. turns into zombies. But some of it also gets taken over by monsters. So there's these monster, uh, demon things, and then there's also zombies. And this one kid, at least in the first episode, he has to go find his friends. He and then at the end of the first episode, all he gets all of his friends together and they defeat this one big monster, and then it moves on from there. I only saw. Two episodes, so uh, overall, I got a good idea of it. But uh, yeah, six point five. What about you? Is it so? What about me? What I did didn't you see? see it. Oh, you got. Oh, the com, the comedy central roast of Alec Baldwin. Did you watch this? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Why not? <laughs> I never watch those roasts, number one, because they're always terrible, and I have no interest in Alec Baldwin. Oh, okay. This was kind of a funny one. Uh, I liked it. Uh, I would give it an 8 on the funny scale, actually. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner was that there. Uh, she had a lot of jokes during the night, and took it like a... <laughs> it's kind of strange to say that she took it like a man, because, yeah. But... You know what I mean. <laughs> she took it like a strong, independent woman. Sure. How about that? Okay. Yes. Uh, I assume I we're going to save the one we talked about in the past for the very last one. So I guess the yes. other thing I saw this week, I think this is, yeah, besides that one, I saw Mary Ann. Okay. On Netflix. I, you will love this show, Fro. A uh, hor- horror show. Um about a, an author. Uh, why don't you look it up and make sure it's actually on uh, Norwegian Netflix? Because it could not be, I suppose. I'll, right? I will do that right now, yeah. It's in French. Uh, it, it's a it's a show about an author who writes horror novels, and it turns out, you find out in the first episode, that some of what she wrote, she based on, you know, myths from a, a ta- the town she grew up in. So, like, you know, myths about ghosts and different things. And then uh, this lady shows up at a book signing and says, oh, you got to come back to our town. What you're doing, you're, you're summoning the ghosts or whatever. So she ends up going back to the town, and, you know, the ghost story continues from there. It's a very horror-based show, uh, Marianne, on Netflix. I would give it a... I'd give it a 6.5 as well. I'd recommend it to you, Fro, just because yeah. you like horror so much. And this kind of seems like up your alley I, kind of horror show. I love horror uh, shows. I have never, ever heard about it. And it is on Norwegian Netflix. So guess what I'm going to watch for next week? <laughs> and the funniest thing, if you look up Marianne anywhere on Google, which I did, it automatically comes up with something about Marianne Williams, which I thought was silly. <laughs> And Marianne is like the demon creature in the show, I should mention. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Well, she's the demon president candidate. <laughs> candidate. It, it, it fits. Uh, yeah. Uh, lastly, we both watched uh, The Island. Uh, 
tell the people about uh, this is definitely not lost. Well, I mean, it, uh, it's lost with a different ending, I suppose. Um, <laughs> right, the island, like the I island. dash land. It's so incredibly smart. When it started, you know what I thought in the first, whatever, five or ten minutes, I thought it was going to be kind of a uh, Ten Little Indians kind of yes, story. But it me totally too. did not turn out to be that at all. Uh, I, 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 I thought it would be uh, a mix between uh, Lost, the Ten Little Indians, and kind of the Leftovers. No, I didn't think that at all. I, I, I okay. got more of... Uh, at least in the first 10 minutes, that's what I was thinking. And then after that, it was very clearly lost. Uh, and then in the second episode, you get a kind of like big twist, uh, which we, we won't reveal anything here. But it's basically about 10 people who wind up in an island. They don't have any memory of who they are or anything of their past. They don't know each other. They're all wearing like the same exact outfit. Uh, and they it's their struggle to survive on this uh, desert island. Uh, right, which is basically lost. I mean, I, I could have said the exact same description and had it be lost, right? Uh, I, I know. There is a very clear um, agenda Ooh, in this show, yes. like political agenda, about there's a character in here, you know, <laughs> that's like a school shooter, and there's the mm -hmm. rapist, and uh, yeah, it's very... There, it's very clearly politically motivated in certain ways. It also has to do with the criminal justice system, different things. But mm -hmm. overall, I think the show is terrible. I thought the dialogue yep. was awful. I thought the storyline yep. was like a piece of Swiss cheese. Uh, yep. The acting... Was there a good actor in this? No, there wasn't. I, I, I think... I I I will give an honorable mention to the sheriff. I thought he was too over the I top. Thought, I thought uh, he played I, it too over I the top. Okay, I like the sheriff. Okay, I mean he, yeah, I mean he's one of the most well-known actors in this, as far as like name right. or face recognition, I should say, because I don't even right. remember his name, but I know no. the guy's face. No. Uh, yeah, but. Other than him, as far as face recognition, there was just the main character lady, Natalie Martinez, right. I think is her name. And I've seen her in things, but I couldn't I couldn't even tell you what she's been in, no. right? So, so fucking close. But, uh, but uh, this is incredibly bad. It's so incredibly bad. When I watched... I watched all of it, because... Because... Why did I watch all of this? Oh, because it re reminded me a little of The Matrix. Um, I know why I watched all of it. It's because, like, it was really, really bad. It was bad all the way through. But <laughs> it was, it's the kind of show where it could have a oh. twist a twist right at the end that would make it so cool mm. that it would add points. So I, there was no way right. I couldn't watch the whole thing because of the way the, the storyline set up. So... I had to watch all of it even to give it kind of a, a good critique for this show, for our show. Right. Uh, but still, I give it a one because there are even dialogue issues and sto giant right. storyline holes that don't make any sense in this. Like, and can I go ahead? Can I just say that they're they're very much trying to be Westworld. Uh, 
Uh, sure, Westworld to... mixed with Lost. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Westworld Lost. And that's what they're trying to be because the machine thing. And, and I, I will not spoil things, but we, we kind of talked around it. But but, but it's like, it, 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 it reminds me a little of uh, if somebody thought of a very bad idea of revival of of lost put a little of matrix and and, and <laughs> put a little of of the uh, leftovers and a little of westworld in it i don't know where you that. get the leftovers and at the, all uh, i will explain it uh, uh, when 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 we're not talking about spoilers but but oh, right but okay. i i i, I uh, but, but but for me for me there 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 was very uh, Tonally, they try to be a little like uh, 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 the leftovers. Tonally, but it 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 hits a, a mountain with a speed of a flight and fucking stays there. It is incredibly bad, and I could not agree more uh, on your one. I am I'm giving this a one as well. And I think we will talk about it at the end of the uh, of the year because uh, this is also very, very, very man hating. Very me too. Very me too. Yeah, it's very much set up where uh, the main character is a female, and all there's all these uh, terrible men around her. Exactly. Incredibly. I mean, that's true. Uh, We've talked about that with a lot of shows recently, to be honest. Yes. And I mean, that's true with, with the late night with Lily Singh. It felt very mm. Me Too, like Me Too centric. Like that was the whole. Right. Every joke in that show was something about white men or how women yeah. don't get a good ch chance at something or whatever else. There's no other jokes. Like there's only one group of people that want to watch the Lily Singh late night show. And it's. It definitely not targeted towards us, right? So no, definitely not. Uh, but uh, let's talk about something a little weird, and and I'm not sure uh, what I feel about because let's talk about Undone episode one. What was Undone episode one about? Luke? That's right. It's called the crash. After a fight with her sister Becca, Alma gets in a car accident and sees something mysterious. Yeah, this was very much uh, the episode where we're getting introduced <laughs> to people. Because it's very clearly that this is uh, shot to binge. Uh, I almost sent you a message and uh, said, can I please watch the next episode? But I was like... It, well, what was that for? No. Is it because you had a desire, like you had a yearning desire to watch the next episode? Not really, because I didn't either. I, it wasn't like, oh, more, I really need to see what happens next. That I didn't have that feeling. Right, more, more curious of uh, why did they use a whole episode of this introduction? Because this introduction was, I mean, if it doesn't have anything to do with the show, I will be very surprised because it was kind of, uh, it was kind of boring. It wasn't anything special to to write home to. I mean, the art style of it is very cool. I like that, but but the story itself didn't catch me at all. 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it just it. I think it's just this episode, and it's gonna pick up. I definitely yeah for binging, but like this episode. I I mean, most shows start with an episode that's you know building up characters. You need that in a show, so I don't mind that at all in the show. It's just that the characters they set up are uh, they're interesting, but they're not really flesh fleshed out yet. Totally, like I right. I don't really have um a feeling of like, oh, this girl, she's so quirky and interesting, which I think is what you're supposed to think about her. Uh, mm-hmm. She just kind of seems like every other just normal lady and a uh, lady and her sister, woman and her sister, you know what I mean? Um, right. And her boyfriend, which that ends up not being a thing, but it will probably end up coming back later in this series is my guess. Uh, yeah, Right, her dad's gonna be like, "Oh, this is one of the mistakes you made," or something like that, because that's the big reveal at the end is that she sees her dad, and uh, we're gonna move from there. So I think after this episode, it's gonna build and build and build, and it's gonna get a lot more interesting. I I do think that's a that as well, but I'm giving this episode a five. Um, I'll give it a six. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's still episode one. We're still building. I think there's going to be... Uh, the whole uh, intrigue, that, at least for me, going into the show, was the time travel as- aspect. And we haven't even touched mm-hmm. on that yet. So... Uh, right. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad show or anything. It's just... No, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that either. It's just that the, this episode wasn't that interesting for me. That's why I'm giving it a five. Right, because it was all I, character I, I, introduction. Right. But I, you do need that in a TV show. Otherwise, we would be complaining. I, ag- right. I, I, I agree to that, but you could do it in a different way where, where, where I found it a little interesting. I was a little bored, to be honest. Right. And like I said, I think some of the characters aren't fleshed out well enough yet, right. and so that probably has something to do with it. But like I was about to say... If there wasn't any character development, we would also be complaining about that. So, yeah. Right. Now, it's hard. Uh, when when it's especially made to binge, it's very hard to judge just out of one episode. But, I mean, you can only go up from a five. So, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, it can only go up. Uh, hey, look, we're going to talk a lot about more TV because we have 30, yes, you heard that right, ladies and gentlemen, 30 shows that we're going to talk about. Uh, we are, of course, going to pick our uh, most three most anticipated shows and our three bottom ones. So remember that when we go through that. Right, we're doing uh, uh, the new fall TV premiere, so we're doing 30 TV shows that are coming out in basically the next two weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. There's one week uh, in between, let's see, the 23rd and uh, the, t- the 28th, so those five days, is when a lot, a ton of shows are coming out. But we're going to do the, you know, the few days before and after that, because there are also a bunch of big shows coming out then. So, 30 shows in total in the next two weeks, starting September 19th, uh, which is a Thursday. So, why don't you go into that for I will. And uh, the first one we have is uh, First Vive Club. And this is coming to a channel called uh, Bet. B-E-T. I have never... 
VAT? Black Black Entertainment Television Plus. Ah, So Black Entertainment Television was the original, and this is their their other channel. Oh, so it's a new streaming thing? Right, it's their it's BET's uh, streaming service, I guess. So every everybody's got one now, but this is theirs. And it's based on uh, this uh, film uh, that was written by Robert Harling. Uh, uh, have you heard about this? No. Movie? No. Oh wait, um, the name is familiar as far as the movie goes, but I never saw. It. If that, I, th- I thought oh. that's what you were asking. Yeah. Yeah, no. Next. Another thing on BET Plus. So obviously they're just starting out their service. They want to bring out a few shows. I think that's probably what's happening here. Uh, bigger. Uh, a woman in East Atlanta wonders if there's something bigger and better in life. That's all it is for a description. Ooh. Tanisha Long, Angela Conwell, Tristan Winger, Terrence Terrell. And okay. I, not Ter- uh, not Taryn Terrell, like from TNA and WWE, Terrence Terrell, right? Right. <laughs> it would be funny with Taryn Terrell at her own fucking show. Uh, then we will, uh, same day, uh, still Thursday 19th, the last days of Phil Hartman. This is going to come to ABC, and it's a two-hour television event. Uh, on the life and tragic death of the legendary actor Phil Hartman uh, that was killed by uh, his wife Brian Hartman and it's exclusive interviews with his brother and never seen interviews before have you ever heard of this actor Phil Hartman yeah of course I know you've seen uh he was on SNL for years and years and years and years, and then he was uh, uh, something radio, news radio, from news radio. I know oh, you saw that show. Yeah. Very, right, he was, I believe, when he died, that's when news radio went off the air, because they didn't want to film anymore after he died. And he was Troy McLaurin on The Simpsons, I see. A, a few different... Uh, that was just one of the yeah. voices he did on there. Um, yeah, I remember when he died. It was a oh. big. It was when he died. It was kind of like a Benoit thing, but in the nineties. So everybody, yeah. it, first it came out that you remember when Benoit it first came out. Though, oh, it's a yeah. uh, radon poisoning, or there was all these different things coming out about it. Phil Hartman was the same. Nobody knew how he died. It was very confusing, and then it came out much, much later what actually happened. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting documentary. I I am very sorry that I forgot to say that uh, the first wives club is uh, a comedy about three divorced wives who share a common past. That is what it says about oh. the first wives club. I I forgot to say what it was about. I, I or... totally missed that you forgot to say that, huh? <laughs> okay, another docu series. Uh, this one from Netflix coming out. The next day, Friday, September 20th, Inside Bill's Brain, Decoding Bill Gates. It's a three-part docuseries exploring the mind and motivations of the celebrated tech visionary, business leader, and philanthropist Bill Gates. Yeah. Yeah. I am 
really, really, really looking forward to see this. Really? See, I'm more inf- interested yeah. in the, the Phil Hartman thing. I'm still interested in this, but okay. the Phil Hartman thing is a little more interesting to me. I, I, maybe I'm weird. No, no, no. I mean, uh, one is still alive, so. Yeah, I guess that's true. And maybe it's just to me, Bill Gates never is not... I mean, he's a very interesting, very innovative person, but personality-wise, not a very interesting guy. <laughs> kind of a, you know, kind, <laughs> kind of plain... Yeah. Plain Jane kind of guy. Uh, Sunday, September 22nd. Uh, no, sorry. I skipped the day. Saturday, September 21st. Uh, comes out. Uh, Power Players. Uh, this is a cartoon network. Uh, according to Collider, it's an innovative new superhero CGI slash live-action hybrid series uh, set to debut on uh, Cartoon Network. Uh, and uh, Power Players are a team of secret toy heroes led by Axel, a kid who discovers the power bands that can force him into a living toy-sized action figure. Action... Ac- action... Ac- ac- action... Action... Axel... Together with his teams of toys brought to life, the Power Players uh, f- uh, fight the destructive fun of villainous robot Madcap and his pack of toys gone bad. Huh. Okay. What was that toy movie with the soldiers? What's it called? Super Soldiers? What's the name of that? Oh, yeah. Um... Jesus Christ, what was the name of that? I don't know, look it up real quick for me while I go into the next one. <laughs> Coming out the next day, September 22nd, Sunday, on Smithsonian Channel, Hunt for Eagle 56. An expedition team of citizen historians and divers are in search of uh, of their... are in, in their search for the warship and challenging underwater terrain. So I guess there's, oh, for the Warship Eagle 56, I'm guessing by the name of the <laughs> title. Right. Uh, so they're going to look for a ship, and it's, you know, a little docu-series about these divers and historians digging up an old ship underwater. Hmm. Do you mean small soldier? There you yeah. go. Yep, that was it. Yeah. I knew it was SS. That's why I said super soldiers, but small soldiers. Yeah. Small soldiers, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Monday, September 23rd, uh, Team Kylie. Kaylee. Oh, no. I thought Kaylee. it was Team Kylie, too, at first, right. <laughs> and I, I thought it was, oh, no, is it is it about that? Uh, but What, yeah, what uh, year is this, by the way, where we're still using Team This or Team That? That, that started with uh, Twilight movies. That's how far back the team thing goes, and it's still, like, a thing. It's dumb. Uh, This is coming to Netflix. After a brush with the law, teenage celebrity billionaire Kylie Kynard is ordered to the court to lead an inner-city wilderness club. Uh, I've seen the trailer for this. Uh, This looks like a show for Luke. No, I'm just joking. It's a very girly show. (laughs) Right, for very young girls. 
Right. There you go, Ray Charlotte. It sounds like a movie... Uh, I want to say it had Brett Midler in it. Who? Uh, Troop Beverly Hills from like the eighties. Who was in that? Oh, Shelley Long, Craig T. Nelson. Okay. Uh, yeah. It was about it was about a Girl Scout troop in Beverly Hills, which is basically this this show, right? Okay. I trust you. What What's coming out the same day? The same day, Bluff City Law, coming from a famous Memphis family known for taking on injustice, uh, lawyer Sidney Strait worked at her legendary father Eli's celebrated law firm until their tumultuous relationship uh, got in the way. After barely speaking to her father for years, she is suddenly thrust back into the family fold when her philanthropist mother passes away unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, I just yeah. saw a commercial for the first time of this last night, and it doesn't look as bad as it sounds, to be honest. No, it, it doesn't. It looks it looks pretty interesting, to be honest. It looks like it's going to have a lot to do with like uh, social um, like uh, social problems, like pollution and things like that as well, kind of. Right. And it also has Jimmy Smits in it, who I, I like. I've always liked him. I think he's a Love good actor. Him. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of interested to see this, but we're going to do the ones we're really interested to see at the end. So, Right. Uh, Bob Hart's uh, Abishula, Abishula uh, coming to CBS. Uh, Bob, a middle-aged uh, companion suck. Uh, com- sorry. <laughs> middle-aged compression suck businessman from Detroit. Unexpectedly falls for his cardinal nurse while recovering from a heart attack and sets a sight winning her over, unhunted by our solo's lack of inter- uh, initial interest or vast difference in their backgrounds. She's originally from Nigeria. Bob is determined to win uh, Ashula's heart in this comic uh, ex- uh, mission of an uh, immigrant lives in America. From the award-winning creator and executive writer, Shock Laurie. Shock Laurie shows I either hate them or hate them. Right. But this is a sitcom, so, yeah, we'll see what happens with it. Um, sitcoms oh, in 2018-2019 have not had a great track record recently. Oh, so. I know. And the trailer for this, like, ooh, la la, it does not look good. But I'm going to watch it, because <laughs> I watch every sitcom, because there's not that many of them. Oh, yeah, so yeah. E- it's easy to watch every sitcom nowadays, because there's not oh, that yeah, many yeah. of them, right? So, oh, I'm giving it a chance, I'm just saying that the trailer does not look good. Right, it could be hilarious, we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why we're doing this. Another thing coming out that day, a lot of shows coming out on Monday, September 23rd, all rise... A look inside the chaotic, hopeful, and sometimes absurd lives of judges, prosecutors, and public defenders as they work with bailiffs, clerks, and cops to get justice for the people of Los Angeles amidst a flawed legal process. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is a reality show drama series, it looks like. Oh, no, it says drama series, so I'm guessing it's not reality. Hmm. Yeah, it's a drama. It's not a reality show. Okay, on CBS. Interesting. 
Prodigal Son on Fox. Uh, this Malcolm Bright is a gifted uh, psych, uh, psychoanalyst using his twisted genius to help the NYPD solve uh, crimes and stop killers, all while dealing with a manipulative mother, a serial killer father, still looking to bond with his prodigal son and his own constant involving nurse, uh, neurosis. Bright, uh, onless uh, Ali is his sister, Ashley, a TV journalist who wishes her brother would not uh, take a break from murder and have a normal life. Unfortunately for her sister, the only way Bright feels normal is by solving cases with the help of his longtime mentor, Detective Jill Arroy. Arroy is one of the best detectives around, and he expects no less from a team, which uh, includes Detective J.T. Temo, a born-bred New York, who questions whether uh, Bright is uh, a psychopath himself. Yeah. Okay. Remember that terrible movie, Bright, with a... I do. That was on Netflix. That yeah, that was a bad movie. Um, Halloween Cake Off on yeah. What is this on Food Network? Of course. Of course. Professional bakers must prove their expertise by creating elaborate Halloween-themed showstoppers. Right, and this, <laughs> it, it sounds like this would just be like one episode, but this is a multiple-episode series. It it is. Uh, Halloween Wars, uh, just with just cakes. If somebody has seen Halloween Wars, and it's starring Duff Goldman, who I think, what is he from? If he's from some cake show on the Food Network, I can't. Uh, cake Boss right. was he Cake Boss or maybe not? Maybe. Oh, Ace of Cakes. I just looked it up. Ace of Cakes. Yes, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Right. Cake Boss is the uh, the Italian guy, Buddy something. Right. Yes, but it's something. Uh, next day, uh, Tuesday, September 24th, Mixed Ish. This is in the Ish uh, 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 series. I have never seen Blackish uh, or the other one that I don't. Gro- Gronish? That, yeah, it? that is it. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen either of them either. Yeah. I haven't seen a single episode. Yeah. Uh, so this is Mixed Ish. Uh, Rainbow Johnson recounts her experience growing up in a mixed-race family in the 80s and constant dilemmas she and her family members had to face, uh, whether to assemble or stay true to themselves. Both parents, Paul and Alicia, decided to move from the hippie commune to the suburbs to better provide for their family. As their parents struggle with challenges of a new life, Bo and her siblings navigate a mainstream school in which they perceive as neither black or nor white. The family experience eliminates the challenges of finding itself, identity, and the rest of the world can't decide where you belong. I'm going to give a way easier description of this. It's modern family mixed with Dharma and Greg. There you go. Easy, easy to figure out what that show is. <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, Emergence, uh, also coming out September 24th on a Tuesday. 
After Joe, a police chief, takes a young child she finds near the site of a mysterious accident, she soon discovers the girl has no memory of what has happened or who she is. She's apparently on the island. Uh, the investigation into the history that led up to the accident and questions as to how and why it happened draws the woman into a conspiracy larger than she ever imagined. Mm -hmm. That sounds super interesting, yeah. It does. Uh, where are we? Yes, Wednesday, September 25th. Stumptown coming to ABC. Based on this uh, series of graphic novels of the same name, I have never ever heard of this uh, graphic novel in my entire life. No. Uh, uh, Stumptown follows, uh, follows Dex Perios, a strong, assertive, and sharp-witted army veteran whose complicated love life, gambling debt, and brother to take care of in Portland. Ooh. In Portland, I know somebody that lives in Portland. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Portland, or uh, her marriage, uh, her military intelligence skills make her a great private investigator, but her brush in unapologetic style puts her in a league of her own, landing her in the firing line of hardcore criminals, which is not quite. And an alliance with the rules and the objective of the local police. Right. I'm pretty sure we already saw a show exactly like this, but we only saw the first episode. What was the name of it with the lady who got the beach house? Why can I not remember oh, the yeah. name of the show? Uh, the, 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 oh, what was that called? Um, yeah, it's good. It's called What If. What if? There you go. Good job. That was a good call. Yeah. Good, I would never have remembered it. I would have had to look it up. Uh, let's see. What else is we watched, there? We watched the whole thing of it. I remember it. Uh, another thing coming out Wednesday, September 25th, called Cake on FXX. So FX's other channel. Uh, it says here, Cake is a handcrafted assortment of bite-sized content served up to viewers as a tasty treat for the mind, featuring a diverse array of narratives from storytellers, both new and established, this carefully curated half-hour weekly showcase on FX, FXX features both live-action and animated comedy programs of varied length that are equal parts thought-provoking, laugh-inducing, artistic, authentic, and raw. Uh, there is something for everyone and plenty to go around when it premieres on Wednesday, September 25th. So it's like a, rea a, then, a variety show or something, it sounds like, right? Yeah, yeah. it looks, it sounds very interesting, actually. Yeah. Then we also have a day where it comes out a lot of fucking shows. Uh, Thursday, September 26th. First one we will talk about is The Unicorn from CBS. A recently widowed father with two daughters is in, encouraged by his friends to re-enter the dating scene. Surprisingly uh, to both him and his friends, he comes the most sought-after singer, single guy due to the description as an attracting working father. I've seen the trailer for this, Luke. Yeah, I've me seen too. the trailer yeah. for the most of this. Uh I really, really, really like the actor. With the main actor guy? 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was like it's like Walt Walt or something. I can't remember his name. Let me look it up. Right. Is uh, Walton uh, Gobbins? Walton. Walton. There you go. I knew it was Walt or something. Walt. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. Uh, but yeah. Anyway. But but this show looks good to you, I guess, is what you're saying. Yeah. I, I have mixed I have mixed emotions on here. Uh, I'm not really sure how I feel about it to be honest, but maybe we'll get to it at the end. Uh, Another thing coming out that same day, on the 26th, Carol's second act. At age 50, Carol Kennedy has raised her children, gotten divorced, and retired from teaching. Instead of kicking up her heels and taking a well-earned break, she decides it's time to start over, committing to to the pursuit of her dream of becoming a doctor. The oldest medical intern by the lot, she must sink or swim with peers who are half her age. Luckily for her, her enthusiasm, perspective, and even her age may be exactly what makes her second act the greatest success. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Evil coming to CBS uh, is... Uh, the wrong fucking link I clicked. Sorry. Uh, Lu- well, Lucas made made a, this a perfect list, and I clicked the wrong. Lo- you want me to go? Link. You want me to go into evil? Yes. Okay. Evil skeptical female psychologist Christian Bochard joins David Acosta, who is trained to be a ca- David Acosta. Isn't that a news anchor? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's something else, Acosta. Of- you're thinking of the one from some from CBN, uh, CNN. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Jim Acosta, not David Acosta. Jim Acosta. Okay. Yeah. I was like, that seems really close. Uh, skeptical female psychologist Christian Bouchard joins David Acosta, who is trained to be a Catholic priest and a blue-collar contractor, as they investigate the church's backlog of unexplained mysteries including supposed miracles, demonic possessions, and other extraordinary occurrences. Their job is to assess if there is a logical explanation or if something truly supernatural is at work. Uh, created by Robert and Michelle King. So we know who those people are. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, didn't they do... Uh, 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 that... What what they did the Good Wife they did oh Brain Dead that was the show they did that yeah. we we did on the show yeah. right I really yeah, like their I stuff it. yeah I really like their stuff as well so maybe it will come up a little later <laughs> and it's on CBS I should say that yes coming to NBC's Perfect Harmony when former Princeton uh, music professor Arthur Conlon unexpectedly stumbles into a choir practice in a small-town church, he finds an oddball group of singers out of tune in more ways than one. Despite the ultimate clash of sensibilities, Arthur and his newfound cohorts, including temp- uh, temporary ca- ca- choir master, Ginny, her ex, Wayne, vocal powerhouse, Adam's gentle giant, Wayne, the impossible upbeat, uh, Reverend Jacks, and more, uh, uh, may just have found the p- perfect mix of individuals to help 
uh, each other uh, reverent and discover a little happiness just uh, when they all need it the most. This looks like Glee mixed with some religious show. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's got Cal Penn from, uh, what, uh, Harold and Kumar yeah. movies yeah, in it, and he's funny, but, you, but uh, other than that, I'm you will the storyline I'm you not will, interested in. Yeah. yeah, you will hate this. It's a lot of musical numbers in a TV show. <laughs> well, yeah, then it's clearly Glee. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay, the next thing coming out that same day, Sunnyside. Oh, wait, did we just do that? Yeah, we just did that. No. Oh, I did Perfect Harmony. Oh, right, okay. <coughs> right. Uh, Garrett Modi, the youngest Queen's councilman ever elected, was a rising star in New York politics until he was pushed out of office after a very public fall from grace. Now with his reputation in shambles, Modi is forced to move in with his sister uh, Mallory until he can figure out a way to redeem himself and earn a paycheck. An unexpected opportunity emerges when he is hired by a quirky and diversive group of idealists. Uh, hardworking Grisdella, uh, cab, cab driver Hakeem, crazy rich siblings Mia Lin and Jun Ho, American-raised Moldovian Brady, and a dive bar DJ Drazen to help him to achieve his dream of citizenship. And this is the one that has Cal Penn. I, I was looking at the wrong thing. Uh, right. it, it's a comedy series on NBC. I don't know. It mm. seems like it could be interesting. Uh, I'm not really sure how it's going to turn out. Creep Show coming to Shudder. What? Uh, Creep Show is an upcoming horror, horror anthology web television series. Uh, um, it is a uh, uh, Connotation of the first two movies in the uh, Creepshow uh, franchise. The series will uh, feature six episodes with two horror stories per episode. Guess who's very looking forward to this? Right, and this is, like you said, on Shudder, which is apparently mm -hmm. a new streaming service. It says here... Uh, Just for horror. American subscription video and on-demand service featuring horror, thriller, and yep. supernatural fiction titles owned and operated by the AMC network. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, yep. uh, the last thing coming out on the 26th, a lot of things coming out, like we said, on yeah. women's entertainment television, the untold stories of hip-hop <laughs> featuring never... When I think hip-hop, I think women television... <laughs> <laughs> my guess is this is going to be like the untold story of like f women's hip hop but when you look at the poster the biggest name that I see here is Snoop Dogg so I'm guessing probably not right. um, featuring the never told uh, never before told tales of the biggest names in hip hop hosted by the foremost radio personality in hip hop Angie Martinez Yeah, the for she's definitely the foremost never heard of her I've never heard of this woman in my entire life <laughs> well, wasn't she in in um, Don't Go Breaking Waterfalls? No. Uh, <laughs> no. What? This is a radio personality. She wasn't a singer. Oh, uh, 
I thought she was in in what is that group called? Uh, TLC. TLC. Thank you. No, I don't I think so. She might have been the third one that I don't remember the name of, but I doubt it. Okay, maybe. Anyway, uh, Friday, September twenty seventh, uh, coming to Netflix is The Politician, made by Ryan Murphy. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Peyton Hobart, a wealthy student from Santa Barbara, has known since the age of seven that he will be the president of the United States. But first, he has to navigate the most treasured political landscape of all, St. Sebastian High School. Ryan Murphy is the creator behind the American Horror Story, by the way. Right. Um... Yeah, I'm seeing... Are you seeing the same trailers I'm seeing under videos when you go into the Google search? Mm. I'm wondering if you're seeing the same ones as me. It's kind of giving away what's going to happen in that middle middle one there. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. on the, there's uh-huh. the one on the right. It's also mm-hmm. like kind of the same scene but different. I'm not going to spoil anything. Go and look it up on Google for yourself. Um, yep. Uh, another thing on Netflix... Then, uh, oh, oh, go ahead. I Sorry. mean, it has... It, it has... <laughs> Uh, very strange, like Jessica Lang and Gwyneth Paltrow in it. Oh right, I, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Google spoiled spoil is spoiling things, <laughs> right? So, yeah, I uh, another thing coming out Friday, September 27th on Netflix: DreamWorks Dragons Rescue Riders. So, times fast. Sorry. Yeah, say that ten times fast. Right. Uh, not Rescue Rangers, like, uh, from the 90s, but, uh, Rescue Riders is a new Netflix original series from the How to Train Your Dragon franchise, aimed at young children, uh, the existing TV series, that the existing TV series was for. Uh, the first season of the series is due for release September 27th, right, uh, Mm-hmm. The twins, Dak and Layla, spend their days rescuing dragons and helping people in their adopted town of Huntsgalar uh, in this animated comedy adventure series. So, that's what it's about. Uh, Saturday, September 28th, Shook coming to the Disney Channel. And I love the description on IMDb because it says, because its project is characterized as development, the data is only available on IMDb Pro, so I have no fucking clue what this show is about. Which is funny because if you if you go back to the Google search and you look at the results, uh, it says, a scripted single camera narrative shook centers around Mia, a 15-year-old who... And then we don't... So that's how much we know about it. <laughs> so even though you, IMDb is trying to hide it, if you go to the Google search, yeah. you can read half of the description. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yes. Uh, right. Uh, next, also coming out September 29th, Bless the Hearts, which I thought was going to be about the Hart family, but it's not. Like Bret Hart and everything, but... It's it skipped a, one. Did I? Yes. Oh, well, you just go back to that one. Do that one next. Sorry. My bad. I thought we had already got there. Uh, the Hearts are a Southern family that is forever struggling to make ends meet. They hope to achieve an American dream, but they're already rich in friends, family, and laughter. Jenny Hart is a single mother 
supporting her family working as a waitress in a small town. While Jenny, uh, while Jenny, the head of the family, she often she's often at odds with or scheming with her lottery-scratching-obsessed mother, Betty, and her witty, creative daughter, Violet. Jenny's doting, eternally optimist boyfriend of 10 years, Wayne, is the love of her life and surrogate father to Violet. He's a charming dreamer who may never hit it big time, but he's not going to give up on the fight. In the end, the hearts may not have much, but they may have everything they need. On Fox. I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed that this is not about the Hearts family, but that's me. That's what I just said. That's how I introduced this segment. That's <laughs> <so funny. laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's on Fox. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, Godfather of Harlem coming the same time uh, day on. I never heard of Epics in my entire life. It's like a, it's, it's usually like a, uh, what do you call it, movie channel. Okay. In the early 1960s, infamous uh, crime boss Bumpy Johnson returns from 10 years in prison to find the neighborhood he once ruled in, in shambles with the streets controlled by Italian uh, mob. Bumpy must take the governor's crime family to regain control. This has a lot of good fucking actors and Forrest Winnaker in it. Right. So you want to go into some of them, or I'll go into some of them? Yeah, come on. Uh, Forrest Whitaker, Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, yeah. Let's see, who, Paul Servino. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Lucy Fry, anybody else I mm. that's like super duper famous? I mean, there's the guy from Westworld, but nobody knows who's that guy by name. So right, right. Uh, coming out the next day, September thirtieth, a Monday. El Dragon, mm. I think is a, actually is how it's pronounced. Uh, the series revolves around a young man who grew up in Japan, comes from a family of drug dealers who have kept him out uh, of it until it came until times when. Sorry, who have kept him out of this until the times come when he has to take over the cartel. But he wants to charge, change the situation of violence that has always accompanied the drug trafficking. Uh, he is a specialist in economics, an honorable person, and what he wants is to transform this money in uh, from illicit into illicit money. So, uh, oh, this is on Univision, and it's in Spanish. Voila. Uh, then we take a little skip to uh, Tuesday, and this is our final show. October the 2nd, Almost Family, coming to Fox. Only child Julia eventually finds her life turned upside down when her father reveals that over the course of his prize-winning career as a pioneer uh, fertility doctor, he used his own generic material uh, uh, to conceive dozens of children, reeling from explosive revelation. Uh, uh, Jula discovers two new sisters, former best friend Eddie Palmer and an ex-Olympic athlete Roxy Dale, 
As the three young women begin to embarrass their new reality, Julia must figure out what life is life, uh, like without her family by her side. Eddie comes to grips with her virgin sexuality as her family falters, and Roxy faces adulthood out of the spotlight. Against all odds, the three women attempt uh, to form a bond as sisters, even uh, even uh, as they must welcome a tidal wave of new siblings into the rapidly expanding family. Right, that's the last show. Uh, we're actually going way long already, so uh, let's do the top three shows we want to see. Uh, okay. Uh, I uh, uh, want definitely to see uh, Inside Bill Blay, uh, Bill Brains decoding uh, Bill Gates. Okay. Uh, that's uh, I want to see Prodigal Son. Uh, okay. And I want to see Creep Show. Okay, I think, uh, let's see, by number three, I'm going to go with, uh, I think I'm going to go with Sunnyside, uh, mm -hmm. the, the, com the comedy on um, NBC. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Bob Hart's Abashula. I think that could be good. And then my final one, I'm going to go with uh, number one, Emergence, is the one I'm most looking forward to. Okay. In my least looking forward to see, and my number three is Mix It, because I have never ever seen any of those. Uh, number two is Carol, second act. Uh, sounds very boring. And my number one is actually uh, your number two, or what it was. Bob Hart's Ash Abishola. There's no way. Well, I'm going to say one here that you're going to be like, I, that was the wrong choice. But I'm going to go First Wife oh. Club, uh, Team Kaylee. I don't know how that one wasn't in mm -hmm. there for you. And I guess I'll go uh, Perfect Harmony. Hey, after we have talked about so much entertainment, let's talk about more entertainment. <laughs> let's talk about movies we see this week. Look, uh, I will start out uh, with The Greatest Showman. Uh, uh, this is something Luke will never, ever watch. Uh, it's a musical, Luke, uh, based Great. on... Yes, uh, based on the man that made the circus. And... I've read about him, and he's an asshole, and this movie makes him look like the greatest man on Earth. It's with uh, Hugh Jackman in the main role. Right, okay. I like the, I like the music, so I, I rented it online. Yes, I actually rented and paid for it online because I wanted a company, and my dad was alone at Right, home. okay. <laughs> so uh, we watched it simultaneously over the internet, and 
I will give it, I will be very, very nice and give it a 5 out of 10. Alright, I saw, uh, let's see, where should I start? I guess I'll start with uh, something that came out in March called The Vigilante. Oh, yeah. With Olivia Wilde in it. Uh, Yes. This is a a movie about a woman who, what's a good way for it? She's like, she's a vigilante, but she's Mm -hmm. trying to help, uh, she's trying to help victims of domestic violence. Or maybe even just, Mm -hmm. because one of them's not even like domestic violence, it's the kids. There's no like parent Mm -hmm. really involved, you know what I mean? So, hmm, yeah, I mean it's just. Vi- violence to the families and things like that. She basically she uh, she's against f- bad fathers. Is really what it is, mm-hmm. right? I guess there's mm-hmm. one lady that's like the drug addict lady. So yeah, it's really just right. she's, uh, she's a vigilante against bad parents. Uh, but she also right. herself kind of has some mental issues or whatever. Um, again, this movie kind of a little bit man haty. Uh, I think it's a just little. the time period we're in. Uh, that yeah. they went for that kind of demographic. Overall, I gave it a five. I thought it was super in the middle. I didn't think it was amazing. I didn't think it was terrible. I think I gave it a, a, a six when I saw it. I, I remember, uh, like, not super liking it, but it was totally okay. Yeah, I mean, there's no surprise ending that makes you go, oh, that's no. amazing. There's no, like, big no. uh, reveal of, like, she actually was a, I don't know, a giant marine in the past or something like that you find out or like she had some super secret training or she like got uh stung by a radioactive spider that you know those kind of things could have happened in this in this movie i mean but never did um but But it's a movie that's that's trying very much to be peppermint uh which i never saw that right 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 and it's 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 a movie that that's hanging on on that kind of uh, I I think Peppermint is a much better movie. Right. Okay. Uh, but but uh, uh, I I really like Olivia. Uh, what is her name? Olivia name Wilde. Olivia Wilde. Yeah. I really like her as an actor. In uh, this? And I think n- not. Or just in general. Okay. In general, and she's a fucking amazing director as well. Okay. Uh, uh, but but yeah, so I I respect her a lot, and I I think I I, I think I gave I gave her a little like bonus point. I think she's good in this. She's be- definitely the best thing about the movie. Uh, yeah, I would say that. But even her acting in this is a little bit bland. Maybe is a good word for right. it. Um, almost yes. c- this movie had a no country for old men kind of vibe yes. to it like vibe, almost yes, a, definitely. but i almost felt like they stole the vibe not like it was like right. it didn't feel organic and it, mm-hmm. the the boring parts of no country for old men there's like it's suspenseful you're feeling like the build up of the what's going to happen next where this the boring parts were just boring if that makes sense right. um yeah yeah and those are some of the things i'm taking points off for i the as far as the cinematography and everything goes, really good. Storyline could use a little bit to desire. I didn't feel like I get got right. deep enough into any one character in this movie, even the main character. So, 
But I, I mean, it's still a movie that I I remember when I watched it in February. Right. I gave it a five. March. Right. It's yeah. not nothing to I give... write home about. Yeah. Uh, funny that you saw a movie that I saw. Uh, I like that. Um, what else did I watch? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, I hadn't seen the new uh, Spider-Man, uh, so I saw Spider-Man Far From Home this week. Um, I don't know what I was uh, expecting, but it was this fucking movie, that's for sure. I, I heard very good things about this movie, and I did not like it at all. Uh, I felt it was very... Uh, I think the uh, the, uh, the villain in this is maybe the best thing, and I love his acting. I never uh, he's amazing. Uh, but uh, other than that, I, I I thought it was a very on par Marvel movie, and I actually gave it a six. Okay, uh, yeah. I I won't see it, but. Uh, yeah. yeah. I've heard a lot of Spider-Man talk recently from everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, everybody's talking about Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, the, that's another reason for that, because Disney and Sony has argued, and uh, Sony has actually taken Spider-Man out of the Marvel Universe. Right, exactly. It's like a big thing, so I, I imagine yeah. it did pretty well. Uh Let's see. <laughs> I guess I'll go Bill Burr, Paper Tiger next, which was a comedy special on Netflix. Um, mm. uh, really good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was actually from London, Fro. So he did mm. American stand-up basically talking about America, but in London and getting laughs there, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, overall, I gave this a 9.0. I thought it was right on the level with... Um, Wow. With the Dave Chappelle stand-up, we saw what? Really? I saw it last week, and you saw it the week before that, I believe. Right. Uh, but actually, I thought, strangely enough, this seemed... What's a good word for it? It seemed like it was going to offend more people than the Chappelle one did, just by the jokes. And I haven't seen any mm. backlash to it at all. Right. I haven't had it on my list of things I really want to see because I like Bill Burr. Uh, it's just that I haven't uh, I, I haven't prioritized it. But I, I will definitely sit with the other like French horror thing that you recommended me. Yeah, watch it and just one thing I want you to say next week is if you think the jokes are more offensive to people than the Chappelle show, uh, the Chappelle stand-up. Uh, show mm. or less because this one has an 86% tomato rate. Wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And what 97% audience score, which is the same as the Chappelle, but this one has 86% right. tomato meter. So it's like, hmm, something going on there. Yeah. That's where we're at. Uh, I saw the uh, Obama produced movie, I should say, or they are expected executive producers uh, on it. Okay. American Factory. You had seen this three weeks ago, I think. Right, I saw... Yeah, I just did not have any idea that it was produced by the Obamas, in, I guess until this week. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, uh, I saw it with my dad and his girlfriend, uh, and I must say that documentary really shook me. I I think it's uh, one of the best documentaries I've seen. Like, it made me love documentaries again. It's like I I think the way of uh, where it begins with kind of like hope, uh, hope for this new factory coming to town, where like and how much culture clash there is in this fucking movie about like how the Chinese look at Americans and how Americans look at Chinese and how important it is to have uh, like for example uh, a union <laughs> in, in the factory things like that and which is a huge big deal right here uh, here in America, sorry, right now, because the auto workers just started striking in Michigan here, which is like a huge thing for, like, hundreds, thousands right. of people are on strike right now, this this week. So, I, I, I really, really, really like this movie, and I think it will, uh, it's been a movie that I've talked to friends and 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 people about and recommended it. Uh, I give it a nine, uh, nine a nine out of ten. I I I thought it was pretty much perfect. Yeah, I don't remember what I got it. Gave it. Sorry, let me l go back in my thing. I think you said an eight. Uh, yep, I said an eight. You're right. Totally, I said an yes. eight. <coughs> yeah, I mean, it's good. Check it out. Uh, the one thing I would say about it is there's something about the Chinese guy say he's saying things in Chinese uh, behind the Americans back that can't understand him right at certain mm -hmm. points you know what I mean yep but there's a camera right there does he not realize <laughs> that it's on film and they can just go back and figure out what he said you know see what I'm saying there's uh, something weird about that yeah. I feel like there may be something staged happening there but I, I could be wrong um yeah. the movie I saw the last movie I saw I mean this week was from what May May right mm -hmm. it's called the poison rose <laughs> I've seen this movie Oh I God. love that you just spontaneously burst into <laughs> laughter just by the name of it because I agree with that spontaneous laughter. <laughs> I've seen this movie. It oh says inspired God. by classic film noir. Oh my God. Our drinking detective takes on what looks to be a routine missing persons case, only to be drawn into a complex interwoven web of crimes and suspects. <laughs> This has, uh, what, John Travolta in it? Yeah. Yes. And more, actually, to be honest, this has a ton of really big actors in it. It has Morgan Freeman, <laughs> it has, uh, Peter Stolmeyer, uh, mm -hmm. Robert Patrick, or T2, if you know him from the T Terminator movies. Um, mm -hmm. let's see, who else? It's got, yeah, it's just got a bunch of really, uh, famous actors in it. And I was surprised at how many really famous actors... We're in this for how bad this movie was. I gave this a 1.5, uh, Fro. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's it's amazing. 
It's definitely up there for one of the worst movies of the year. Again, I don't know why John Travolta thinks that the uh, southern accent, but we watched the race. I watched that racing movie or whatever, and it's the same. He's got the same southern accent. Same accent. My, yes. I've got a theory here about John Travolta, bro. It's a, it's a theory. It's a conspiracy theory. My theory mm-hmm. is John Travolta is pulling a long con. On everybody, okay? And being in all these bad movies on purpose, all right, Fro? And the reason he's being in all these bad movies on purpose is he saw the uh, inevitable success of Tommy Wiseau in The Room, and he realizes, if I'm in enough bad movies, I can be a cult personality where in 20 years or 10 years, there'll be a, a bad movie festival and it'll just be a John Travolta bad movie festival. Right, Fro? And he gets back the fame. I think it's a long con. That's what I think. I think John Travolta's smarter than we think he is. I can't wait to see you see The Fanatic again. You have to see The Fanatic. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, there's just so many of them. Even just this year, I feel like we could have a John Travolta bad <laughs> movie festival. It would be like a whole weekend thing. <laughs> Oh, fucking hell! The rose. I I I I I I remember watching it and thinking, "What the fuck is this?" It has so many good actors in it. I think I I talked about it and I called it uh, a Scientology uh, uh, reunion movie or something like that. Oh yeah, that's right. I didn't think about like, that. All those people are. Yeah, that makes sense actually. Right, Scientologists. Yeah. So, so I think when I talked about it in in May, I, I I called it something like that. Oh, what an awful movie! Uh, okay, uh, let's see the trailer of uh, the Tiff and talked about Oscar-nominated movie, Hustlers. You know Diamond from the Bronx, right? What's up, baby? We're gonna help her learn how to do a, a Diamond from the Bronx. Oh, good at that. Yeah. Yeah, I, of Isn't course, it? whenever I introduce you, Fro, I go, you know, Fro from Norway. <laughs> That's how I introduce people. I'm always like, I, I'm really for that Bernie Sanders from Vermont for president. I always say that as well. <laughs> Okay. Are you getting anything from this trailer so far? There's strippers. I, I got that. And there's crime involved somehow. Cardi B. Yeah, Cardi B in it. And some Cardi B music, obviously. Wow. Okay, I got nothing from that. You get anything from that trailer? <laughs> no, but uh, like I told you before, this actually has some... Oscar bus on it. Okay. Believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Hustlers, uh, working as a stripper to make ends meet, Destiny, Destiny's life changes forever when she becomes friends with Ramona, the club's top money earner. Ramona soon sh- shows Destiny how to finagle her way around the wealthy Wall Street clientele who frequents the club. But when the 2008 economic collapse cuts into their profits... The gals and the two other dancers devise a daring scheme to take back their lives. Okay. Uh, 
6.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, 80% on Metacritic, 78% of Google users like this film. Pretty even scores, kind of maybe somewhere around a 75 would be the average. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty high rating for a J-Lo movie. Uh, since the last I saw her was in The Maid, amazing movie. I'm seeing here a uh, Rolling Stone article, which I, I read earlier that I I haven't seen this movie, but it says, why some sex workers aren't happy about hustlers. I read this article. I, go ahead and check that out. It's interesting. Okay. Uh, I went to IMDb because that's become my new gimmick. Uh, this is by VW7852. Two five seven one eight six B one six. Right. So they're in prison. Where? Right. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, where is the part where they give the money to the poor? Imagine <laughs> a movie about a ring of ugly men who drugged all the women, stole their credit cards, then blackmailed them to keep uh, quiet. But those criminals are were women. So, girl power movie, right? Oh, don't call them strippers. They are exotic dancers. <laughs> because pretending to have sex while music plays is rare and refined. <laughs> Let's call it a, a drug... Uh, uh, Let's call it dr- drug dealers for <laughs> Reps too. What is sad is that professional critics pray this to the scars while the same opening day panning a beautiful movie about friendship, grief, and, and, and quite the goldfinch based on a Polisher movie. This movie is based on a newspaper article about a, a seedy group of prostitutes and they just love it. I love that fucking review. Oh. <laughs> Let's see. I got one here from the Facebook. Uh, Natalie oh, by Lo- the way, uh, sorry, I, they gave it one out of ten. I forgot to tell you that. Okay. Uh, actually, I'm going to move over to something else then. Uh, Common Sense Media says, Chris Rock famously said, a father has one job, keep his daughter off the pole. This movie could make that job a lot tougher. That's from Common Sense Media, bro. What the hell? Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Common Sense Media. Wow. Jeez. Uh, what? <laughs> Natalie Love from the Facebook says, uh, it was supposed to be, I was supposed to be in it, but logistically could not be in New York at the time. Uh, I'm uh, from the next line. I'm guessing she was going to be a backup dancer or something because it says uh, crying emoji. Also, wish this movie would would have been or was more about how to legally make money in this industry. So I, she clearly was is a stripper. Was going to be in the movie, and she's not happy with uh, how they portrayed her industry. Uh, Andrew uh, forty two eighty five says give it one out of ten and says most sexist movie I've seen in a long time. This movie straight up hate men, portrayed, uh, but, but portrays 
it as, as a good thing. There's not a single remote, uh, sympathetic m- man in the movie, and they are portrayed as exclusively negative and deserving of whatever happened to them. Any horrible thing a woman does is totally justified. It's only men who suffers for it. Mo- uh, uh, movies made for men uh, always portray women as attractive and despicable and positive forces in the movie. But movies made by women for women always have to uh, have uh, all men negatively. Uh, Dana Tomain says it was good, but not great. It was too long, first of all. Before they get to the actual crimes, it's so slow. It's a lot of O's. Uh, like, why was the Usher scene... Why was there an Usher scene just shoehorned into this movie? It has a bit of made-for-TV movie feel to it with all the Julia Stiles parts and the cop-like... and the cop-like being interviewed. Really corny. Uh, I really could have... They really could have cut out all of that, and I really wanted the J Lo character to, character to be a little more unhinged, uh, like Tupac was in Juice. Uh, this movie played it really safe. Not bad though. Talking about movies coming out this uh, week, uh, in one of the things that we talked about, The Goldfinch, twenty six on Rotten Tomatoes, six point uh, uh, three out of ten on IMDb. Uh, 41% on Metacritic. Theodore Decker was 13 years old uh, when his mother was bombing in the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. The tragedy changes the course of his life, sending him on a stirring odyssey of grief and quilt, uh, renewing and redemption and even love. Through it all, he holds on one uh, a tangible piece of hope from the la- uh, that terrible day. A painting of a tiny bird chained to its perch. Right. I read the book. Did you already say the Rotten Tomatoes I rating? I, yeah. Okay. 26%, I said. Wow. Yeah. What do you, uh, you were really excited to see this. What do you think about that? <laughs> Yeah, I was extremely uh, exciting to see this movie because I read the book and uh, yeah, yeah, but a little scary, I guess. We'll see what you think when you actually see it. But yeah, forty-one on the Metacritic is not even that amazing, and six point three on IMDb isn't really amazing either. So yeah, that's even almost middle of the road. So yeah. Uh, okay, uh, section 375, this is a Hindi movie. Mm-hmm. Filmmaker, a, a filmmaker stands trial when a costume assistant on his movie accuses him of rape. Uh, this is from T-Series T- Productions. 8.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. But look, that means that you have scored some points in the competition we have for September. Right. What did the Goldfinch get us in money? Let's check it out. Goldfish opening weekend, two point six million. Not yeah. not great. But uh, Hustlers, look, look at that. Hustlers, 
opening weekend, three oh thirty three point one million dollars. <laughs> yeah, it did really well. Very well. <laughs> A movie I have never ever heard of in my entire life. I didn't know it was coming out, but when you look at the poster, if you're looking at it, at the poster of this movie, it screams 15-year-old girl. Like, <laughs> right? It's like, come see me, 15-year-old girls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, coming up next week is Ad Astra, Downton, Rabbi, Abbey. Uh, yeah. Will be an interesting. I didn't know Ad Astra had a uh, had, uh, or oh, Brad Pitt in it. Do you yeah. know that? Yeah, I said that last week on the show. Oh, yeah. So you weren't listening to me. Listen. I think Rambo is next week too, isn't it? <laughs> Should I ever listen to you? <laughs> Probably a good idea when we're trying to do a, po- a podcast where we converse back and forth. Yeah, uh, Rambo well, is next week as well. By the way. I usually listen to Luke, by the way. I always listen to Luke, to be honest. Uh, uh, If you go to oddworldtrial.com slash another digital citizen, do you know what you can get there, Luke? A free book and a free trial of Audible, which is an audiobook subscription service. You can get that for 30 days for free and a free book. Keep the book, even if you cancel. And do you know what the fucking book I bought uh, right away when it came out this week? What? Because a very important book come came out by Edward Snowden. Came oh out yeah, I heard it. that. Yeah, I, I saw the interview with him. Uh, well, I think it was on NBC. Yes, uh, it's called Permanent Record. Uh, I just bought it, uh, so I haven't uh, read it uh, yet, mm-hmm. or listened to it, or whatever you call it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm really, really, really looking forward to 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 hearing it. It's about his life in the NSA and uh, what uh, what he did and things like that. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it and uh, or, or listening to it. So. Consuming you will it. Be You're going to consume the book. Consuming. Consuming it, yeah. Anyway, uh, do you have anything to talk to about in the Jeremy section? Let's see. Travolta, the long con I already talked about. Oh, Warren is... Elizabeth Warren, uh, watching the news here after the debate and everything from... She seems like she's. they're turning her into the new Biden. Biden is falling off. They know Biden is falling off. I think we've seen a progression in the media here in America, and we've talked about it on this podcast before, where uh, it started out with Kamala Harris. She did that radio interview about the weed and Tupac. She fell off, and they were like, oh, move on to Beto O'Rourke. Remember this, bro? Mm-hmm. And then they moved on. Beto O'Rourke, he fell off uh, after doing saying the line in Spanish in the first debate, and then they moved on to Booty Judge and... Uh, after Bo- Booty Judge, they kind of he kind of organically fell off, I guess, uh, in the sense that Biden got into the race when they were trying to put, and then they moved on to Biden, and then now that Biden is making all these gaffes, he's terrible in the debates. 
Uh, he's losing support left and right. Now they're moving on to Warren, and it. I'm. Uh, I'm guessing that Warren is going to be kind of like. Remember last year we were kind of saying like how uh, Hillary Clinton was the Roman Reigns and Bernie Sanders was the Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. It's seeming like we're going to end up with that same kind of scenario where uh, they're pushing this person that everybody doesn't want so hard that they ruin them. And I think that's what what is going to happen again this year. We'll see, though. But uh, and if they push Warren. Sorry, you broke up. I, I said I don't mind if they push Warren. Right. I, I mean, neither. But... It, it only works for me if Joe Biden drops out. That needs to happen, and then we can have a uh, Bernie Sanders versus Warren uh, face-off. Where right now, because of where Joe Biden is, we can't have that face-off because if Warren and Sanders go against each other, they're not ruining uh, anything for Biden. They're just ruining it for each other. So there's no point in them fighting it out right now until Biden gets out of the race, which... I don't know. I guess could, I see it happening soon. What do you think? Um, sadly, I disagree. Uh, okay. Sadly, I disagree. I, 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 I wish, I wish he would leave, but I think he's uh, stupid enough to be there. Uh, for the long, 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 long run. <laughs> I think as soon as... If Warren overtakes him, he'll be out. That's what I think. Which I think is going to really? happen. Yeah. I think... Okay. Uh, Warren and Sanders are neck and neck right now. As far as the aggr- mm. like aggregate polls. Um, and he's a bit up, but he's falling. So as soon as they start to go over him that's when he'll just he'll be out of there and then he'll back warren i guarantee it okay uh i saw uh, or i listened to joe rogan uh talking to rob or rob zombie uh yesterday right. i didn't li- i wasn't interested in that one really how, how was right. it uh i i like rob zombie as a filmmaker i fucking hate his music uh, but uh, I think he's got a couple I'm, good albums and some bad ones as well. Okay, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to his new uh, movie called uh, Three from Hell. Yeah, Three from Hell, I think, uh, and it's coming in October. But yeah, I I really like that interview. I recommend it. Uh, yeah, I I would say actually, as far as his music goes. White Zombie is good, but anything labeled Rob Zombie is bad. I don't know. That's how I feel about about it. I don't know. Joe Rogan's uh, guests lately have not enticed me to listen to the podcast, to be honest. Um, Yeah. uh, He's one with uh, that guy from from uh, from from uh, the Ghostbusters. Uh, That was fucking amazing. That you should really uh, Dan Aykroyd. Oh right, right. Yeah, I I don't know. I felt I, I saw it and I actually saw a little clip of it and I just kind of feel bad for the guy because I feel like he's a little bit out out there. You know what I mean? Like oh, he is out there. That's why you should listen to it. I feel like they're. It's almost like you're making fun of an old guy for being you know like uh, out of it because they're an old guy. But I don't know. 
Right. But yeah, that I really recommend. Yeah, I saw some clips from that one, I guess. Uh, so when he was talking about the crystal skulls. I saw that the clip of yeah. that. But I didn't, yeah. I didn't, that's the only part of it I saw. <laughs> okay. He also t- talks about you. I'm seeing folks. something here for breaking news, possible breaking news. Uh, about the Israel election. Oh, yeah. Which is... They have had so problems with that lately. It says here... From an hour and a half ago, Netanyahu cancels trip to UN as it appears he is falling uh, as he appears to fall short in Israel elections. It's looking like he's yeah. going to lose. Yeah, I don't That's big. mind that. Too. Well, it's just I a change, huge change in power, and Donald Trump had such a relationship with him that hopefully that that will change. That could change. This could be a huge change. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, what are we going to do next week, Luke? Of course, it says uh, Netanyahu is set to was set uh, is set to make a speech on Thursday. Of course, of course. <laughs> but what are we going to talk about next week, Luke? Uh, news of the week, of course. Obviously, we're going to talk about that um, and whatever else happens mm-hmm. on Thursday. Uh, we're going to talk about Undone episode two. <laughs> Hopefully it speeds up a little bit, not as slow as the first episode, but I'm guessing it will. We're going to do another mm-hmm. digital review of Rambo, Last Blood. Mm-hmm. And finally, in the main topic, we're going to do something that Fro picked uh, when he won the movie bet. Uh, our top ten favorite albums that um, influenced... It's like ones that influenced our lives the most, right? Right. Yes, because uh, I already made my top li- 10 list, and I can say that some of the albums on my list isn't uh, especially fantastically, amazingly good. Right, but they're, they <laughs> you'll be able to explain how they influenced your life, and how they changed, right. like, how it how it felt at the time for you, even though, it, looking back, right. Aqua was probably not a great album. Um <laughs> It's almost as bad as Aqua, to be honest. Yeah, I have but a bunch yeah, of I have... the. I have a bunch of them in my head. I just haven't written down the, them down in order yet. But yeah, yeah, that oh, should be fun. So, it was so hard to make a top ten list. I had I had fifteen, and I was like, "How do you put them in order? Out. Yeah, which do you cut out? Yeah. Which do you? Yeah. Oh, Ooh. oh, that was hard. But yeah, it will be a very interesting topic, I think, because we will tell you about like. Or what was it about this album and uh, things, uh, stories? So, I think it's uh, uh, something that you will like. Uh, that uh, hopefully will get you to know us a little better. Story time with Luke and Fro, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, are you ready for this uh, new segment that I have uh, come up with that will predict the future? Oh, yeah, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, what's going to happen yeah. next week? Um, they three find stories. Three, three stories. Three stories. Yeah. They find the Loch Ness monster finally. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um. Uh, let's see. What's a good one? I guess uh, Venezuela attacks Brazil. Okay. Good. Yeah. Fun. Uh, good. and then deadly virus found in uh, melting ice. There you go. Oh, oh! Do you remember that fucking movie where they find that deadly virus melting in ice? Oh, no, 
Oh, it's not a movie. It's actually a Dan Brown novel. <laughs> That's a Dan Brown novel. Okay. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. It, it, it is actually pretty. It's actually the best Dan Brown novel. Well, we there talked is, about those dogs in Norway last week, so I'm thinking something might come up next oh, yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. That was my intuition okay. where I'm going from. Okay. I'm going to predict that Boris Johnson for some reason, has to go off as Prime Minister. Uh, I predict that we will hear something about uh, football, and not the one American kind, but... Uh, the one you play with your fucking feet. Stop calling football football Americans. And <laughs> it's very hard for me because that's hand egg. Hand egg is what you play. Uh, and I will predict that we will get a news of a new streaming service we never have heard of. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, uh, my name is Fro. What's your name? My name is Luke. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. <laughs> <laughs>